In a world where movies are abundant, but podcasts are, well, well, podcasts are also abundant, comes another podcast about movies. You're listening to Stop Talking During Movies. What's that, Uncle? Harry? Oh, yeah. You don't know Harry? That's a classic, bitch. I haven't seen it. Are you joking? <laughs> no, I haven't. You've never seen Carrie? No. Are you high? I know, I need to see That's it. That's a classic. I know. You've, I've known you for how long and you've never seen Carrie? Mm-mm. I've seen, I've probably seen like bits of it, but not the, the whole thing. Oh my God, Jesse. That's insane to me. I'm supposed to be a movie lover. Who has not seen, you know why you haven't seen Carrie? Mm. Why haven't you seen Carrie, Jesse? You tell why? me why you haven't seen Carrie. It just was before my time. When was when did Carrie come 76. out? Seventy six. Yeah, it was before my time, and it was like you got to think that when I was a kid to watch that, it was just kind of f- like freaky and old, both freaky and old. So the freaky movies that I watched as a kid were I wasn't too young for. I mean, yeah, I wasn't too young for, or maybe I was too young for him. But you were too young for them, for sure. I no, no, I was too young for him, but they were at my time. Like Nightmare on Elm Street, Chucky, those things were like in my era, but uh, Carrie was before, so I think I just never got to it. But I saw some old scary movies that gave me nightmares. Who's the main star of Carrie? I don't know. Sissy. Oh, Spacek, yeah. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. All right, babe. Let's do our top 10 movies from 2019. Oh, wait. I should start it. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Stop Talking During Movies, episode four. I'm your host, Fatty McRae, or <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Luke, or Sick, whichever you prefer. Today, I'm here with my wife, Tisha. Say hi, Tisha. Hi, Tisha. And today, we're doing our top 10 movies from 2019. All right. Um, I think 2019 was like a very, very good year in movies. Like, what do you think in terms of like... Great movies. Do you think there's a lot of great movies? Good movies? Okay year? Just average? What do you think? Because I think it was like really good. I think it was a very, very good year. If I look back on all the years like in like on my on the Letterboxd app, it looks like it's much better. Like so last, last I know you're just sitting there. You're just sitting there still. <laughs> last uh, episode we did, we did 2018 top 10. Do you, what do you, would you compare last or 2018's movies to the this year, 2019? Um, yeah, there were, there were some really good movies in 2018, Jesse. I think you're, um... Compared to 2019? I mean, why compare? Well, yeah, I'm just there, saying. there I'm are just... great movies in both. I think if I were to take the tops of the two, that it might be a fairly even split. Um... You know, there were some good movies. I honestly, I thought, because you'd been saying that 2019 is such a good year, 2019 is such a good year, I thought... Oh, 2019 is a good year. I was kind of thinking that. Um, and then when I was picking these tops, I was kind of like, you know, I'm not really feeling a lot of these movies. Hmm. So I actually might have had more of a, a feel for last year's movies. And we didn't do our top 2018, did we? Yeah. Oh, that's a top 2018? Yeah. It looks like just the top. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there are some good movies. Well, I think it's very comparable. Very com- Well, so for me... I don't know. How do you, what, what's like the most important criteria for you when you're rating movies or not rating them, but like thinking about them. Like when you're putting them in your top 10, 
because like I was thinking about today, there's a there's a couple of movies in my top ten that I don't know if I'd want to rewatch. What? Too loud? You're just really loud. <laughs> there's a couple of movies in my top ten. I don't know if I'd want to rewatch right away or like I'm. I'm motivated to rewatch them. Like if we were going to watch a movie, let's watch a movie we've already seen and we're going to put it on. There's a few in my top 10 that I would, I would rather watch like ones that are way down, not even on my top 10 over a couple of these, but that's not like the main criteria for me in terms of what I think is like a good movie. I, I kind of rate it like the quality of the movie is, is very important. How well it's made and all the characteristics of it and all the ingredients, basically like if you're baking a cake, the ingredients of it and then, mm-hmm. And, but then more importantly, I think is how it really, or how I feel about it. And so I, that's like my top reason is how Mm -hmm. I feel about it. That me too. And so that's your main thing is. Yeah. We just have different feelings about movies. Yeah. Now this year, I I thought there was just so many goddamn good movies. Okay. So let's just go over like we did last time, the top grossing movies from 2019. And I'll read these and you let me know if any of these are on your list. Mm Hmm. The number one, this is all domestic box office. Not. I don't even know what that means. Domestic. Like. In the country, U.S. Not China, nothing. Just U.S. domestic box office. Avengers Endgame, number one, which is obvious. I thought that was for sure. But Lion King, number two. Frozen, part two. Toy Story, part four. Captain Marvel and Star Wars. Jesse, these are all kids' movies. Yeah, and guess what? Those top, the reason why I did six of them, they're all Disney. So Disney had the top six movies. I'm kind of really sick of Disney. I know. I know. They're like running this shit. It's disgusting. Um, but those are all really pretty good because movies. Because you Except have to Lion understand King. that going to the movies is something that you can do with your kids. Yeah. It is an event. It's not something that, um, what, are, what are those kids called under us? Not the millennials. What are they? Um, Gen Z. Yeah, it's not the Zeds. It's yeah. not something the Zeds do. They no. don't really do the movies. They don't go on dates and do that. It's people our age with kids who go watch movies. So that's why they're all going to be kid movies. Yeah. Well, yeah, like most people, I think, I think you're right. Like the most people that go out to, or people that go out to the movies, the majority of those are going to be family friendly movies that's why they do the best yep but and i think like yeah and a lot of young people like i know a lot of young people i was talking to a couple of them or a couple of friends that are much younger than us like 10 years younger and they that's not much yeah well but still even there they're like they might see like three movies in like you know a month or two months they'll see like three maybe they're mostly like watching TV shows and stuff like that, I think. Or they, yeah, they're streaming everything. We're streaming things too. Um, they're just much bigger into the streaming. Yeah, we, but we're a little abnormal though, because I like want to watch movies all the Cause time. Because you're psychotic. Yeah. I Do you know how many movies we watched last year? No, I don't want to know. You don't want to know? <laughs> I'll tell the people then. About 190. That's about how many we watched last year. Is that year. a lot? Well, it's, that's. It's a lot for normal people, but I think there's a lot of crazy movie people out there that would watch a lot more movies. Than <gasps> but a hundred, it was a hundred and ninety-six, I think. But that's not. Um, those are not new movies, though. Out of the new movies, I think I watched eighty-two new movies from twenty nineteen, and from those, I narrowed my top ten down from twenty-eight movies. There were twenty-eight movies that I thought could make the top ten that were just really, really good movies that I. 
really liked. Um, and then the rest, I would say the majority of them were just like, yeah, they're kind of good. And then there was a few that I thought were like horrible. Like the the one we watched, uh, just barely cats. That was like the worst hey, movie from 2019. Watch your mouth. Don't be a oh, jerk. Yeah. Sorry, I, gotta keep that down. I think you're not appreciating it for what it is. You're just way too hard on it. <laughs> There's a, where is it? Let me read this really quick. It's just a freaking movie for oh children, God. geared towards children, with dancing and singing. Magical cats, Jesse. Yeah. God, I had something written down. Musical Somebody... magical cats. I know. I'm I'm a sucker for musicals too. Somebody wrote on one of the posts I put for because I put a couple of posts out there and I was trying to get like what people think of their top ten and one of uh, somebody commented under it or not their top ten but their favorite movies of the year and somebody commented on their post they said I can't believe nobody's given love to cats <laughs> I, I had his co- good quote though it was funny what he said but I don't have it written down anywhere I don't know where the hell it's at but it was like how come nobody's given love to cats adults are gonna be smoking weed drinking and watching this movie and making fun of it for years to come what the fuck's wrong with you people it was something like that yeah. I forget, I forget yeah. what his name it's was great but, movie yeah I think uh, I think you're too hard on it god I don't know where I put that at eh, I guess I didn't put it on here all right um so were, were any of those movies in your top 10 I'll tell you that one of those is in my top oh 10. my god it's because you're a big kid Lion King that's was why a good you movie. like that's why you like movies about grown men acting like children because you're a big kid yourself. A big kid. Okay. Best picture winner of the year for the Oscars was Parasite. We didn't really talk about that in the last episode, but Parasite we did won. Mm, I think we Not did the it. last one because that's 2018, but we yeah. did. We talked about it before the Oscars. We were like trying to predict which is going to win and all that. But Parasite won Best Picture. Um, so I put, like I said, I put out a post to, to yeah, like we see. We talked about it. Afterwards? I don't know. I don't know why it matters. We talked about it before. Why do yeah. we have to talk about it again? Well, just like that it won. Like, is that a good win? It was up against like some really good movies. I don't think it was my favorite to win, but I thought it was a good movie. Worth winning. Hmm. All right. And so I put a poll out there to see what people, um, just like what they would say their favorite movie is. And it was like very surprising how many different people voted for different movies and like how many people voted. So the number one movie that got the most votes off of any of the posts that I posted was Parasite. Hmm. 297 votes for a Parasite. Why do so many people like that movie? Um, I don't know. It's great. I think it's a great movie. Hmm. But it's it's like... I don't feel it. You know that uh, podcast film spotting? Uh, with mm-hmm. Adam mm-hmm. Kempinar. And he talks like this. Oh and my God, Jesse, shut up. <laughs> I'm going to start talking <laughs> that on here. And no. I watched... Parasite and Parasite was a very good no movie. Um, they did a film spotting madness, which is that's what it's called, and they do like this top sixty four movies that they they make this big tournament of sixty four movies, and then they have fans of their podcast vote on them, and it goes all the way down. And Parasite won for the top movie of the decade from twenty ten. Oh my to god, that's disturbing. Yeah, and it it won against. Oh, I don't know if I told you that it won. You knew what the mm-hmm. finalists were: Parasite, Mad Max, Social Network, and Get Out. Yeah. Those are like the top four and it won the top one. So like a lot of people love that parasite. That's like the consensus number one, I guess. It's kind of like um what was the one you just named that won the most money? Uh Avengers Endgame. Yeah, it's like that. It's like a really crappy movie that everybody likes. Really crappy? You think <laughs> Parasite's a really crappy movie? It's crappy enough. It becomes crappy when so many people hype it. 
That's hard. It's to just like. a decent. It's just a good movie, and then everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's the best thing on the planet!" And then you're like, "Wow, this movie sucks." Yeah, <laughs> I would say that it's the. Uh, it's. I think it's a great movie that's overrated. Yeah, not that, overrated. but I don't think it's that's, bad. That's though. A I just very, think it's very fair to say overrated. I yeah, but it's it... hard to say. Like, I don't know. To me, it's like uh, this. This is a reference that doesn't appeal to you at all. But it's like. I'm a Michael Jordan fan. Michael Jordan is the best basketball player of all time. I would, you know, I would argue that with anybody. But then when I hear people saying like LeBron James is the greatest of all time or Kobe Bryant was the greatest of all time, um, then I get a little more defensive. And then you like starting to trash, like you want to trash Kobe a little bit or you want to trash LeBron and just be like, man, LeBron's not that good. He, uh, he's, he's just kind of like a bloated Magic Johnson or something like that. You want to start talking trash, like none of this. Is uh, going is going over your head because you don't know about this. But I might have checked out actually. <laughs> I think I was starting to think about something else. Um, Sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, but it's like you want to <laughs> trash something that's getting all this hype, but it's kind of unfair to that no, thing because no, 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 it's no. so good. That's like I think Parasite. We'll talk about that later because uh, it may be on one of our lists. I um, think Jesse that you are misinterpreting it. It's similar to what you're saying, but not. I don't want to trash it. It actually makes it less appealing when somebody's constantly saying how appealing it is. Yeah. That's all. It's not that I want to put it down. I'm just like, it's really not that great. It no. doesn't deserve best of the decade. By far does not deserve. I know so many movies that deserve best. Well, I guess I don't know what year I'm in. Anyway. there's No, a, they mean by they mean 20, 2010 to 2019. That just doesn't deserve um, that. No, but what title. I'm saying, it makes you want to do that. It's not like you consciously do it. It's just that you start fighting against it. You're like, no, it's you. You start to find little flaws in it, and I get like that a lot when I hear people like go overboard about a movie. But, um, I still think it was a great movie. All right, well, we should just jump into it though. Um, do you want to go first or me? No, I don't know. You're the, you're the talker. I'm okay. the All right. commentator. I, I will do my number 10 movie from 2019. Um, this is a movie you didn't watch. This is the only one on my list that you didn't see. Um, your number 10? Number 10. Yes. It's directed by uh, the Safdie brothers. Softie brothers. I don't know exactly how. I think it's Safdie. What? The Safdie brothers. They're brothers that direct, direct movies. Um, like the sister brothers? Like the sisters brothers, yeah. They've I haven't seen any a lot of their other work, but they did Uncut Gems starring Adam Sandler this year. Um this is my number 10 movie. It's it's just like a chaotic crazy chaotic mess. It's about a degenerate gambler. He just continuously messes up and messes up and just constantly makes mistakes and you're basically following him through his journey into descending into descending into like chaos and fucking up his entire life. He's just messing up everything, making all the wrong choices. He constantly does it. And the way this movie is made is why I like it so much. I mean, this was what, this was a hard one to uh, put on the top 10 because there's a few others that are just like so close for me that I just can't decide between them. But what made me decide for uncut gems is that it's a unique movie. We were talking to the other day about uncut or under the skin. Under the Skin is a unique movie. You don't see anything like that. It's just something different. Um, and it, and I was telling you, if they made a ton of movies like Under the Skin, I don't know if I'd like Under the Skin as much, but I haven't seen anything like Uncut Gems, really. it's It was just concentrated chaos throughout, and it just, I think you would it would have driven you insane. You would have been like picking, grabbing your hair, scratching Literally, yourself. Literally, you're talking is making me pick. Yeah, because so. 
it's just constant, constant, um, like, it's like what a nervous breakdown would be captured on film. And I'm just going to show you like a quick, um, scene of, uh, of this movie. And it just kind of illustrates how the, the tone of this movie and the pace of this movie, just kind of how it feels. And there's always, there's constantly music in the background. I don't know if constantly, but noise. Yeah, I know that would make me sick. Yeah, so what the Safdie brothers did actually is they had uh, pages of dialogue written for the extras in the back. And so when people were in the background, they just got to talk um, full conversations. They had things to say, and they didn't quiet things down for the main characters. Hmm. Everything was just chaos. So I just want to play this really quick. It was quick. like real life. Yeah, it was. And I heard an interv- interview by these guys, and they were talking about it. And they said one of the things, it really annoys them in in movies when, like, say... Um, a, a, two people are having a conversation at a dinner table and they're like in a busy restaurant. Things are clinking and all that stuff. And as soon as they start talking, everything you notice in the background kind of dies down and they're talking and they can hear each other. You know, they can, they, they're kind of talking at a lower level than you would at a restaurant. At a restaurant, you're like actually a little louder. And the way the Safdie brothers did this is they did it very realistically, like it was real life. So just watch this scene really quick, and then uh, you'll see what it what I'm talking about. It's like just pure chaos. Kevin, close the fucking door. Go go to the other buzzer, please. Hurry up. Open this shit up, man. Sorry. We don't got time for this shit. You got a game tonight. I don't give a fuck. Come on, Get a fucking out of here, man. Come on, man. All right. I'm on it. All right, so if you see, it's like pure chaos, but one thing, there was a problem with this clip because Uncut Gems, I guess they don't have a lot of clips online that illustrates this. There was a lot of cuts in there that weren't in the movie. So if you notice, like they cut to different places. That wasn't in the movie, but everything that was going on around it, that was like the feel of the movie. I have no idea what was happening. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just a main, uh, just it a made clip. No sense. Yeah, and it really wasn't much. What are the metal shavings for? Uh, to help open the door. The door was being jammed. It's not really important. What was important? Was it really jammed though? Yeah. yeah. It was actually jammed. Yes, he wasn't like and... pretending it was jammed. No, it... it felt like he was pretending it was jammed. Um. Yeah, it seemed like that. I thought that too. And when we first watched it, but that actually that uh, flaw in the door comes back later in the movie, and it's like an important part of the movie very so they important. had to really articulate it i like it when they do that in movies yeah oh yeah this movie is this is why this made it over a, a couple of the other oh did you see my list no i didn't put my phone down and you can if see you my put list. your phone down i didn't look at your list all right so um i chose this movie over two other movies which uh potentially three other movies that were just so which? hard to leave which? off okay i'll say them I might as well say them. I love these movies, and this movie that I'm, what was on You're my so l- wordy. Just spit it out, wet mouth. <laughs> my God, can't call me wet mouth. I wonder why this blue screen's soaking wet. 
and drag. Nobody knows what that means. I do. <laughs> um, so I really love this movie. It was a Netflix movie, very small. Spit it out. Um, I Am Mother. Um, do you remember that movie? Yeah, I didn't know that was from last year. Yes, I really, really liked I Am Mother, um, but I chose Uncut Gems just slightly over it because of how perfectly, not I don't know perfectly is the right word, but artfully. Is I Am Mother not unique? It is, it is, but... Hmm. So unique really isn't your, like, cup of tea. That's not the main factor. No, no, I don't know if it's... they're not high enough. It's not unique. I feel like I Am Mother Mother is pretty pretty unique. It's a sci-fi story. Mm. Um, It's fairly conventional the way it's told, but it's... I guess the way it's told. You're talking about the way? Yeah, like, um, Uncut Gems is not a insanely... We're spending way too much time on this movie, but Uncut Gems is not a supremely great story per se it's just a character study of of adam sandler's character that just goes insane and keeps making bad decisions but the way the movie is made is what's so beautiful about it the music the the uh, cacophony of sounds everywhere everything's just going crazy and i just it's so different it's a unique movie so i thought well this is this is the one and also just really quick the other movies i left off nightingale which was a horrifying movie that i think you would have absolutely hated and or in there you as an i yes Yes. A lot of people probably have that are listening probably have that at higher. They probably have that on their top 10, maybe number one. It's okay. a great movie. And then uh, kind of slightly left this off. I don't even know if it would have made it, but it's kind of where what I have ranked at number 13. Rocket Man, the musical about Elton John. I really, really like that movie. I just don't feel like the, that, ha- that group of movies, it doesn't make sense that they're all head to head here. You haven't seen Rocket Man and you seen haven't seen Uncut any Gems. of them. And you haven't seen Nightingale, so how do you know? <laughs> I think out of those three, if you watched them, Nightingale I've would be your I'm favorite. Mother. Oh yeah, you have seen I Am Mother. You Nightingale would you be your would be my favorite, favorite, but you would be horrified by it no, because I it is a horrifying I movie. Watch it. All right, I've spent way too much time on my number ten. What's right. your number ten? On your number tens, goodbye. My number ten is way better than your number ten. That's <laughs> probably not true. Oh yeah, you don't know. Um, the farewell. That's an incorrect opinion. No, Jesse. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Opinions the farewell is very are <laughs> subjective. I know, I'm just kidding. Okay, go. The farewell. Where do you want me to go? That's my number 10. What did you love about the farewell? I mean, I didn't love anything about it. What did you it. like it's about It's just that the there wasn't a whole lot of movies <laughs> that I loved. So the ones that I like are, you know, like five and under. Well, The Farewell, <laughs> directed by Lulu Wang, starring Aquafina. I this was another one actually if I were to be completely honest this is another one that was just like right there at number 10 for me these movies are all really great I I think the farewell is amazing too I'm very it's, very high on farewell Yeah it was a really good movie and it was uh it was very touching I think it was very well made it was interesting Yeah and Aquafina is entertaining very very good in that movie Yeah and I, uh, I what was her name the the grandma Nine 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 Oh Nine Nine yeah Nine Nine yeah you're right uh yeah nine nine i don't know she was names. a great character it was so funny yeah this it is was a fr- so funny there was a scene in the when they were in the cemetery that was so hilarious <laughs> like it's it's at a time when you wouldn't think things should be funny but they were just very funny yeah, yeah so there was a, a scene that i put out but you don't really have to listen to it i just grabbed one just in case because i didn't know i i couldn't you know all of them were in chinese so i just looked for an english one and you don't have to play it, but yeah, that's my number ten. I thought it was very entertaining. I enjoyed the movie very much. And I, the made w- me happy, made me laugh, made me 
cry. It made me a lot of things. I just thought it was a very good movie. Yeah, I agree. I think it was very close to being on my, mine as well. What is that called? It was, um, what is it called when something, uh, I lose my words so much. I don't know. Many different emotions. Yeah. Well-rounded. It was a well-rounded Yeah. It was like movie. a comedy. It was there a sad go. movie. That it is was what I'm poignant. It was, and it really, t- um, I just brought up my notes for it. It kind of touched on like life and death and just like, and all, and there was a lot to do about um, lying too. Mm-hmm. There was like subtle things about lying. I think the movie opens up with uh, Aquafina's character talking to her grandma Nai Nai in China and they're both lying to each other simultaneously I can't remember exactly what it was about but hers was like a school thing she was yeah. doing and, she's like oh and I'm just at school was, yeah was being at the doctors yeah and so they were lying to each other simultaneously but they loved each other and they wanted they wanted to talk to each other it's not like they were lying to be hurtful or deceitful everything was kind of out of love but there was just a lot of lying there um, lying out of love lying out of love that's what it should have been called instead of the farewell actually it should have because uh, can't give away what Farewell happened. Farewell was All good. Right. Number nine. This I'm sure this is on your list. Um, for my number nine, I will just uh, will you just tell me play what play a scene from? No, no. You know what? I'll save that because I know it's higher on your list. Once upon a time in Hollywood, directed by Quentin Tarantino, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. That is your number nine. Brad Pitt. Um, uh, it was Luke Perry's last role, I think. I mean, I could be wrong about that, mm-hmm. but uh, he died. Sh- uh, I think after. After the movie uh, was shot, Luke Perry. Um, what? Who? What? Luke Perry. He was uh, Dylan in 90210. Wait a, a minute. I'm really confused. I didn't know about any of this. Who is I, Luke Perry? He's he was Dylan in 90210. Who is he in this movie? Not a big character. It's just it's just a note of notable. Will you uh, just tell me? I don't know. I, he was a smaller character, Tisha. You don't even know who he was. No, You're I just mentioning know that he and died. you don't know who he, he was. was? He was in 90210, like the movie. He was Wayne Maunder. The movie from the 90s? TV show from the 90s, yes. That's what I mean. Movie TV from the 90s. Who was he on 90210? Dylan. I don't remember which one that is. listen to what I'm saying? I'm talking to you. I've said this four (laughs) times. Jesse, you can't use their names. Just give me a description. He was was the tall, handsome man. Was he? 90210. I don't remember that one. He looked like he was 30, but he was supposed to be in high school. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, all of them did. What happened to him? Writer, director, Quentin Tarantino's ninth movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, can you tell me how he died? I don't know, Tisha. It's beside the point. I don't Once feel upon like a time that in is. Hollywood. That's not the kind of thing you just brush I will over. talk about this a little bit later because I know it's higher on your list. Okay, you're number nine. I'm assuming. Wait, if it's not, I'll talk about it now. Um, Your, your assumption is well-founded. Let's oh, move on. Okay, go. You're number Honey nine. Honey boy. Honey Boy. Oh, that was another one that was right there from my top 10, too. Oh, okay. So that one was close to your top 10. Yes, it's they not all are. These list. are all great movies. That's what I'm talking about. It's a great goddamn year. I have a clip for this. I don't know if you felt like there <gasps> needed to be one. Yes. This is a movie that needs a clip. This is a, pro- a great performance I from Shea LaBeouf. I you would have it higher on the list. I but do you're not. a crazy person. I do not. No, but this is what I'm saying. <laughs> This is why I think this movie, this year, was so goddamn great in movies. Maybe because you're crazy. Honey Boy is not on my top ten, and I think Honey Boy is easily on 2018's top ten or 2017's top ten. It was just such what? a great movie. Yeah, Honey no, Boy. No, it so wasn't good. made in 2017. No, no. What I'm saying is, it's so good that if it were made in those years, easily would have been on there. It was a great movie. But you're it's, kind of weird. 
I loved Honey Boy. Yes, I agree. It was a very good movie. This we will. I'm we, so, I was I was head ahead with nine and ten. Like I didn't know which one to put ahead of which, but Honey Boy ended up before The Farewell. We need a clip from Honey eight, Boy. nine, ten. Actually, they're all kind of like snuggled together. Snuggled. And they're nuggled. Honey up. Boy is nuggled with who for The Farewell. And oh. number eight. I think you chose all your movies based on how sweet the movie uh, title sounds. <laughs> the Farewell. This is Sugar. Honey Boy. Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> At least eight through ten. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pause really quick. I want to uh. get a clip. All right, I found a scene from Honey Boy. Um, it's a scene where um, Shia LaBeouf, who's playing his own father. This is a, this is a movie um, based on Shia LaBeouf's real life, um, real life story. And it's uh, basically about him and his father and him and his father's relationship. And this is a scene um, between Shia LaBeouf, who's playing his own father, and and the car- and, a, and his son, who is playing Shia LaBeouf as a child. And it kind of illustrates their relationship to each other, and it's really kind of an abusive, sad relationship. But the performance is so great. So let's just play this real quick. What is this, man? End of our agreement. The end of our agreement. I'll tell you what, I get it, man. I hear you. You want a better father? Father that teaches you lessons and stuff? Yeah? And you deserve one. You do. So, I'm going to try harder. We're going to start fresh right here, right now. Lesson number one, all smart guys know, if you could hit your boss once... Then you can hit him twice. Don't talk to him like that. Go away. Gladly, pal. So he hit his son a couple times after that. And they were just in the middle of like a argument, basically where the son was kind of just pointing out a, or bringing out a lot of the dad's uh what would it be flaws as of being a, a parent and i think uh the dad just shia labeouf is so goddamn good you're right like this easily could be on my top 10 easily maybe I'm, even top I'm, five i'm shocked it's not um i think that you probably like this movie a lot more than i did and i liked it a lot but you loved it so i'm quite surprised yeah it's like that it's not on your top 10 yeah you're like yeah i like these movies and it's just like this movie i would say it's a good movie. I can't deny that it's a good movie. It's obviously a good movie. It's higher on my list than yours. So um, what the hell are you thinking? I don't know. I really like Honey Boy. That's, what I, that's why you I think like this, Honey year, Boy. this year is you so like good. You like Honey Boy more than Uncut Gems? No. I mean, I, right now, no, but it's easily something that if I watched both again. So I'll tell you this. There's one movie on my list that I watched for a second time because I didn't know how I felt about it. And I absolutely loved it the second time. So I think things like that can happen. And also like movies that you sit with for a long time, you start to change your opinion. My list went up and down and all over the place because it's, it's April right now. And we'd watched a lot of these movies before, you know, December. And mm-hmm. so a lot of a lot of my opinions changed just that, uh, in a course of a couple months. So my number nine, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'm sure if I watch that again or later on, 
that may change. It may be higher. It could go lower. I don't know because I love Quentin Tarantino. But all right. Um, yeah, I'm shocked that um, Quentin Tarantino wasn't higher on your list, or even on your list. Oh no, yeah, it's number nine, right? Uh, Quint- yeah, number nine. Um, my number eight is Ad Astra, starring Brad Pitt. Um, directed by James Gray, who is also the director of another movie that I really like, The Immigrant. Um, also, uh, well, it's basically. It's the only other one I've really seen of him, but I really like that. This movie is like a slow, um, subtle exploration of what it means to um, basically like. So it's about an astronaut who his who his uh, he works in space. It's that's Brad Pitt's character, and his father is like this genius explorer type guy, and he goes out into the vastness of space. And he just basically falls off the radar. And basically it all comes down to where... Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, you, you've seen Ad Astra. <laughs> where they... Uh, this is the thing that sucks about sci-fi movies is... Um, they They're always, all the same? No, they always have to have an existential threat to humanity. Hmm. Like if you don't go out there and get your dad, the whole the whole human race could fall or something like that. So he... Brad Pitt has to travel out to Neptune... Um, and I think it's, this movie is just a re- to find his dad. This movie is a realistic depiction of what space travel would be. It gives you this sense of loneliness and a vastness of space. Um, I think its main, the subtext of the movie was um, being like what, what it means to be alone. Like, so Brad Pitt's character wants to be alone. He wants to be isolated from people. That's his natural disposition. He doesn't want to be around people. But when he's in space and he's going out there to find his dad, he, he realizes that this isolation and that pe- being away from people is not the ideal. That's not what you want. You need people in your life. You need people around you. And I think this movie resonated with me very strongly because I am that type of person where I want isolation a lot of the time. I'm very comfortable on my own, but that's not what's important in life. That's not the meaningful things in life. And so Brad Pitt's character, I don't want to give away what happens, but... After he goes through this journey, when he gets back on Earth, there's a really powerful moment where he lands on Earth and he sees a human being for the first time after all this time. And then he reaches out to grab him and there's like a connection there. And you you feel that. It's like he's so happy to be home, whereas in during most of his life, he was probably so happy to be away from home, even though he would love it. Love being away, but he he, he wanted to get away and now he realized what is really important. And it's kind of like an exploration of that, like what it means to be alone what it means to be connected to people. And it also combines that with my love of space, space travel, um, the Sounds future. Sounds like this movie should be higher on your list. Well, it was. <laughs> this movie was, uh, I rated it a lot higher. I watched this movie twice. So this is an example of a movie that I watched twice and my estimation dropped. It's, it, it dropped my estimation a little bit. I watched it with our daughter, Zylea, and I, on the second viewing, I realized, although I still loved it and I thought it was a great movie and it really hit home with me, it did drag a little bit and it didn't need to. There were there were some parts where it felt tedious and a little bit slow when you don't need that. You don't need to do that. And that might be a style thing. That's what the director was going for. But for me, it doesn't resonate for me. And, and when movies drag a little bit and they're slower, it's harder for me to be immersed in them. And like, you know this, I'm a dialogue guy. If, if the dialogue's strong and it's giving me something to latch onto um, with words... I can 
I love that. That's what I love. If it's just visuals and beautiful visuals, it's harder for me. And so when I watched it the second time, I realized I'm having a little bit difficulty with this movie. It's not quite as great as I remember, but I still really love this movie. This is what I'm saying. It's a great year in movies. I love okay. this movie. And it's and it's still number eight. Okay, All you right. go ahead. You're number no, eight. No, no, you're fine. I'm monologuing again. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, my number eight, Peanut Butter Falcon. Hell yeah. You just got love for Shia eight, LaBeouf. Eight, nine, ten were all very close. They were kind of like this little nestled family. Peanut Butter, also sweet-ish. Yes. Peanut Butter Falcon, also starring Shia LaBeouf. This is, an, this is another one that you should have uh, got a clip for. Because, I did. Oh, did you? I did. All right, sweet. Let's bring up this clip. it's so funny. Shia LaBeouf um, killed it this year. He had, um, in Honey Boy, he was incredible. I think he was just as incredible in The Peanut Butter Falcon. He's such a good character, uh, such a good actor. He's so funny. He's awesome. He's just like I love this, Shia LaBeouf. He's, yeah, me too. And this movie, this was on my um, also rants too. Way Very better than like, was he in Transformers? Yes. Okay. Yes. No, but here's the thing. This is what you sh- we should do one of these days. We should go back and watch Transformers because I, I remember back then even thinking like, this kid is awesome. He was the bright point in Transformers for me. I think, I love Shia LaBeouf. I think he's great. This movie easily could have been in my top 10 as well. That's why I love the Sierra movies. Just slow me down. You understand? Put those on. So what I say is go. I say jump, you say how high. How high. There it is. Rule number one, don't slow me down. Rule number two, I'm in charge. And you're going to carry your own weight. You are in charge. That's right. Uh, maybe we should. Maybe we should have our own secret handshake. <laughs> what kind of secret handshake? For what? Buds, dudes, friends. Buds, dudes, friends, handshake? All right, yeah. Let's go, hurry up. All right, three of those, four of those, one of those, now what? Like that? Yeah. Only when special shit happens in the line. Yeah, uh, special things. Special things, you don't curse? No. Why don't you curse? I can that down. Okay, come on. You are in charge. Exactly. Come on. Hey, what's rule number one? What's rule number one? Party? No, not party. <laughs> no, it's not party. <laughs> no, it's not party. Yeah, that was a great movie. Um, <laughs> I think three-fourths of this movie is easily in my top ten. I think the last, the end of the movie kind of fell off uh, a bit for me. You're such a brat. Yeah, they, I, I don't want to crap on this movie at all, though. I think this movie is awesome. I think... The relationship between Shia LaBeouf and I don't got his name right now. I don't know what the, his name is, but he's a a man with Zach. Down, Zach, yeah, he's a man with Down syndrome. He's on the run. He wants to leave the group home that he's in because they're treating him like a because it's not a group home, Jesse. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's an old folks home. home. They it's have an old folks home. Because that's all they could find for him. Yeah, and he's and obsessed he's with wrestling. An amazing character. He's just an amazing person. Amazing character. This is such a good movie. It makes you happy. It makes you just melt. Heart heartfelt movie. Yes, it's very good. Everybody in this movie was very good. Um, Zach really impressed me because I saw interviews with him and um, he's the one with Down syndrome and I saw him at the, uh, I think he was at the Oscars, Mm -hmm. it might have been the Golden Globes Mm -hmm. and you can tell how 
how much of a feat it was for him to be in this movie and act along Shia LaBeouf. I think it, he, I, it's just awesome. It's a great story. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it too. Yeah. But it's just that last tiny bit just fell off. Yeah, for me. I but, liked the last tiny bit. <laughs> I liked all the bits. It had Mick Foley in it. Do you know who Mick I Foley? don't. No? Okay. no. Is that a wrestler or a UFCer? No, a wrestler. So the referee at the end of the near the end of the movie, and he didn't have any teeth, and he looked all weird. He's like, in this corner. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know why. He was a famous, great wrestler that I would I, I, don't I used know. to. All right, number seven. This. Oh, I'm get that Keep off. Talking. Number seven for me is one that you will think is ridiculous to be on my list. It's a small movie, not very uh, well-known, not very... Um, but I, I just think it's worthy being on the list. Um, yeah, you probably won't like this one. Avengers Endgame, number Jesse, seven. I've already told you like ten times <laughs> that, that that movie doesn't belong on your list, but you don't listen to me. Avengers Here's Endgame. Here's your list, not mine. Yes, Avengers Endgame, I possibly could lose all my uh, movie snobbery credit for this but i thought this was an amazing movie but here's what i'll say about avengers endgame it's a cheat it's a little bit of a cheat because this movie by itself may not stand on its own it may be just kind of another superhero movie that's not really impactful doesn't have a meaning doesn't have any purpose but it it had had almost two dozen movies before it to build up to this and all these characters have been built up and it's not going too long of a tangent about this, okay? It's an amazing movie. It's the number one selling movie of the year. Oh, wow. Dollar, I think of all bills. time, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and we all know that money equals quality. No. That's why we have mm-hmm. the president that we have no. and MAGA. No. no. Okay. No. Um, Definitely Obviously, not. I'm joking about the MAGA, so if you guys are like, what the fuck? This guy's a Trump supporter? Jesse. What? All right. Um, no racist accents. I can't do a redneck accent. No, but it's racist. The fuck's this guy talking about? I don't know. All right. Sounds um, racist. Uh, I thought it was a Chinese accent. I would never. <laughs> I don't ever do that. I would never do a Chinese accent. That's racist uh, and ridiculous. Or or your um, Arabic accent. What? That usually sounds like Chinese too. Oh my god, this is ridiculous. I would never. <laughs> or your Mexican no, accent. I would never do these type of things. <laughs> Uh, Avengers Endgame, I think, is an incredible movie, but I think it was a cheat a little bit, whereas it, it it just, I don't know how I would view it on its own. When my brother Jonah watched it, he had only seen a couple of the Marvel movies beforehand. He didn't even watch Infinity War, um, and he went into this movie kind of raw, and he absolutely hated this movie. Yeah, he thought it was sense. so silly and dumb, it and he was silly. just like... Oh, what the hell? Well, you have it's this big purple guy running around. for kids. Yeah, and, and uh, my wife doesn't it's, like it very it's much. It's made for children. I think it's a it's as good as this crazy superhero CGI uh, characters running around doing, you know, flying through space, shooting lasers and everything out of their hands. I'm going to tell you it's something. It's as good as that can be. I'm going to tell you. And I'll tell you this. I'm going to tell you. I got goosebumps several times watching <laughs> this movie. And That's I remember, because you're a creep. And I remember thinking during this movie, like, what, how the hell is, are they pulling this off? This is so goddamn good. Jesse, I thought it was you're so making intense. things up right now. No, and I, we're done talking about this stupid movie. Avengers Endgame, number seven. By the way, I want to switch places with you because I want to do my number one last. Because no. I, I feel very strongly about my number one. No. No? Okay, that's no. the end of that argument. That's how this that's how this that's how marriages <laughs> no. go with uh Tisha Michelle. I'm gonna tell you right now Done. she's going last. That 
Do you feel strongly about your number one? I will I will stay where I'm at for now because you're the monologuer and you... What are you talking about? I think if you took the minute by minute of this movie, you would have talked like 95% of this damn podcast. You don't even let me talk. Sorry. You don't even care what I have to say. I do. I have you here as a side note. Hello, this is my wife. You're side not, note. You're not a side note. You're That's a side That's what you can piece. call me. No, no. Side note. <laughs> okay, go. Number seven. I'm a side piece. Bitch, please. <laughs> I'm a side piece your face with my foot. It sounds funny when you say side piece. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so funny. You want to giggle? Yeah. Okay, go. Number seven. I'm just going to say right now, it's okay to like kid movies because I love kid movies. Kid movies are literally the only movies I want to watch more than once. Like, I'm going to get up on... Disney Plus and watch me some Moana or Nemo and I can watch that shit 20 times. I don't care. I enjoy those things. Why are you giving me shit? But I would never put them on a top 10 list. Bullshit. Think about Beauty and the Beast. How Fuck goddamn no. beautiful that Beauty movie is. Beauty and the Beast. Right. I'm not into Inside that. Inside Out. Uh, no. Wally. I, I think I think Nemo. Definitely. Nemo, yes. Nemo's one of those. The very first Toy Story. Definitely. Yes thinking about it but i don't know i'd have to go back in no, time for sure. and make those, a list i would say those are quality but um, avengers endgame is a quality movie god no jesse so, okay let's get off you're avengers crazy endgame. and annoying kind of number seven ford versus ferrari yep <laughs> okay ford versus do you have a clip from ford versus ferrari? i do it's a vroom vroom clip and i don't even like vroom vrooms this one right here that's the one. All right, Ford versus Ferrari. Let me set. Oh, we'll just play this and then. Oh, no, Nothing in there about my room, and I went with this one. Dang it! Because I wanted this guy on it because he's the great guy. Uh, Christian Bell is, is talking he's to the somebody. Of the show. And yes, Christian Bell, one of the all-time great he's actors. He's just a chaotic, raw human being. In the trunk, and your lovely little portmanteau. You're holding the '62 edition of the SCCA. You can stick this bloody sticker where the sun Hey, hey, Bill. Hey, right. Bill, what seems to be the problem? Well, the problem is that Bill here is an arsehole. No, he doesn't mean that. No, yes, he does. No, yes, he really does. Yes, yes. no, he He's really does think that Bill is an arsehole. I'm just doing Bill, my job Bill, here. Bill, 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 in my experience, there is, listen to me, something like this, there's always a middle ground. All right, now Ken's out of line. And I'm just right. doing my job. I understand you are. You know how he gets on a race day. You know that. All right, but you're not going to DQ us over at Trump. He's hammering the shit out of his truck. Yeah. I'm just letting the people know. Yeah. Happy Bill! I think Bill's happy. Yeah, Christian Bell, incredible. I was just giving you crap about this movie. I think this movie's very. This, this movie's great. I think this movie's awesome. Uh, Are you yet, getting a monologue? Yet. Uh, yeah, this is your movie. You go ahead. No, you go ahead. The reason why I'm monologuing is because last time I said, well, why do you love this movie? And you're like, eh, I just kind of like it. And then you're quiet, and I'm like, all right, well, the, the reason why <laughs> I have to go off, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, Ford versus Ferrari was also very highly Close to your, like, number 15, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't really rank them after 10, but right now it's- Except that you have 18. a shit ton of 10s. It's right there with all these, all, easily could have been my top 10. If I watched this again, easily could have been my top yeah, 10. Yeah, I don't know. So I... I'll say this, my, only my top seven were- very solid in my top 10 and that includes Avengers Endgame those were like solidly in my top 10 Jesse um 
8 through 10, there's three spots that all of these could have been there. Ford versus Ferrari, Honey Boy, Peanut Butter Falcon. Well, maybe not Peanut Butter Falcon, but Honey Boy. Peanut Butter Falcon is also considered. So why do you like Ford versus Ferrari? I did a very in-depth explanation yep. of this on my Oscars 2019. Yes, episode It's very one. impactful to me. It It's just... I gave just perfect telling of the times and society and everything. It was just, and it's like, it's like this everlasting problem. It's an example from the past of what we're dealing with now, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, uh, socially, I I do remember you saying economically. Yeah. In episode one, when you were talking about that, I thought it was very like, you made me like think that I'm being not as passionate about this movie because the way you talked about it like how it related to america american exceptionalism and what we do to win and all that all that type of stuff and the, the bad kind of the people, good the ins and the out the, the in crowd and the out crowd you know yeah. and the the haves and the haves nots and and him being just that raw hardcore real american the guts the everything behind the glory but never the glory He's he's just the one that will do what has to be done. He's the brilliance behind everything, and he's just shit on and treated because he can't fit in. Yeah. It just really relates to me because I feel like that person. Yeah, regularly. So for so this me, this is kind of like you're at Astra. Mm, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. You're the loner, me. and I'm the. Yeah. I'm the crazy person that never fits in but happens to be better than everybody else. Just hey, don't kidding. Say, <laughs> don't say that. I just thought it would be funny. Um, yeah, I really love this movie. I um, easily could have made my top 10. J- just so you're clear on this, like, and so everybody else. And I- I've said this on every podcast, and I don't think it matters at all. I think people are just like, who gives a fuck? Mm-mm. I rated this movie the same as my 8 through 10. Jesse, They're all four stars for me. Okay, weirdo. Okay. Just, um, you don't. Need to keep going with the uh, things. We kind of went over this in episode one. It was nominated for an Oscar, directed by James Mangold, starring Matt Damon. Uh, what Kristen are you talking Bell, about right now? Uh, Ford vs. Ferrari. Oh, really? You're just like spewing out random facts? Yeah, I'm just telling about the movie. It's about nobody the, wants uh, the random facts. The they competition. can look that shit up. We got Google, bitch. It's the competition or the uh, the striving of Ford trying to keep up with Ferrari in the I don't know the years, but it was back in the day. 50s maybe in the back of the day in the back of the days that's right hey how about this deal if we come across a movie that is in the same place same movie same place that's when we can swap oh okay is it gonna happen i don't think so probably not what's your number six uh number six this one is i can't just say parasite i have to build it up before i get into it okay so number six directed Uh. by Bong Joon Ho, director. You put Parasite over your beloved Endgame. Barely over Endgame. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. It's one above Endgame. Yes. Oh. Okay. Parasite, directed by Bong Joon Ho. Uh, he's the director of Okja. Remember Okja? I do. I liked Okja. Okja More was very Parasite, good. More than Parasite. More than Parasite. Nobody's gonna listen to this podcast if they hear you say Okja is better than Parasite. I think Okja. I enjoyed Oksha better than Parasite. Okay. You enjoyed it better. I Oksha, liked it better. Parasite. Opinions are objective. And some opinions are dumb no. and some opinions are good. No. We already settled this. No, babe. Objective <laughs> doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> I know exactly what it means. You don't know because you're turning red. Um, that might be the scotch. 
Well, maybe. Um, what I really loved about this movie. What are you drinking tonight, Jesse? Oh yeah, we got to give a shout out. Johnny Walker Blue Label. Shout out to who? Shout out to Robert Schwartz. Bought it for me uh, for watching his car for a couple of weeks. Um, very very good stuff. If you haven't tried Johnny Walker Blue, actually, um, we'll take a. We need to take a mid um, podcast break, and that will be do our you need sponsor. To go pee? Yeah, Johnny. If I do, if I do, then Johnny Walker Blue will be our sponsor. Don't tinkle in your panties. <laughs> what was great about this movie was the visuals, the story. How I think this is a, a completely tight script. Everything in this movie. What are we talking about again? Are we talking about Ferrari? We're talking about Parasite. Oh, I think you're mistaken. Um, a, a tight script. Script. Everything had its place. Um, I really loved. Uh, I don't exactly know how to say her name, but she was my favorite character. She was the sister, uh, Park So Dam. Uh, she was really good. I liked her character a lot. Everybody in this movie felt intricate and also at the same time an archetype. Like it felt like they had a, they were a stand-in for something else for the subtext of the movie, which is uh, economic inequality and um, just class differences between people. But they also felt like a rich, full character and. The tension in this movie, I think, was so well done. Wait, wait, wait. Every character felt like a rich, fool character? At the same... Well... I they, felt like they were all one-dimensional. They were kind of one-dimensional. they one were dimensional. all kind of shitty. No, no, no. But what I mean is... None of them were good. A lot of them were shitty. None yeah. of them were redeemable. The, Not I know. one of these people seemed like people. They I, were all one-sided. Well, what I thought was good is that th that's the, ch the choice the director made and the I writer know. made. He made that choice. I think that was amazing because okay. it's easy to make, make a movie. Making sure the peoples know yeah. how the people Okay, really so are. Th this might be one of the things that Tisha doesn't like about this movie. And I can totally understand this because I kind of feel vi fell victim to this a little bit too. People seem to take away from this movie that the... Uh, don't, don't without giving you too much away... misunderstanding. No, not misunderstanding. Okay. No, what you're mad at is that other people are misunderstanding it. Okay. And so people are taking the... Uh, without giving too much away about the plot, it's basically about a poor family moving in, becoming a parasite to a richer family. And that's kind of like the basics of it. Basic, basic version basics. of telling it without saying that parasite actually means a little bit more than that as you get into the movie. But a poor family kind of invades their way into a rich family. And then there's these dynamics that take place. And I think... Uh, before I get into that really quick, um, that was one of the best things about this movie is how they set up bringing in that poor family. It was just so well done and tightly done and just beautiful. I love it the way it It just looked. didn't make any sense, Jesse. It was one of those movies where somebody, everybody kept on making bad choices and then they continued to make those bad choices. And at no point did anybody have any self-reflection and say, am I making a good decision? Am I being ethical or moral right now or maybe am i making bad decisions nobody had any self-reflection well the they all continued to make bad decisions and then they looped in more people to make bad decisions with them and it was bad decision after bad decision it was heartless after heartless it was no concern or care for any other humans like none of these people were decent people well, it, I know, but it I kind of illustrates it was, humanity. It, it isn't. There it was is some... only the negative of humanity. It was not an accurate depiction of humanity at all. It's a satire movie, though. But, I am but not on. a pessimist. No, but hold on. It's not. there. What I'll say is there were moments of redemption. So there, 
We'd have to watch example. this. Example. I know, give me I'm going to give you an example. Now. Just say it. Don't say all the other stuff. I want an example now. An example was the mother of the poor family, um, after they did did some uh, uh, bad stuff to the, I can't say to without, uh, no, individuals to another to some other people. After they had done some bad things to them, and then those people that they did the things bad to were locked away or somewhere Whatever. Away. Continue. You don't have to say the details. The mother said, well, maybe we should give those people something because maybe we went overboard last night. And it was kind of one of those things where her humanity was bleeding through. But what I thought was beautiful about this movie, or brilliant, is that it's a satire on what people do when they when they feel like they have nothing to lose or when they have a lot to gain. So it's kind of uh, reflected in what's going on now. You see, as m- the moment a crisis happens, people buy all the goddamn toilet paper or buy, st- take the shelves away. And these people are probably good otherwise. But what happens is they say, well, everybody else is going to screw me first. It's all going to, it's going to get, we're going to get screwed anyway. So we're just going to take what we can and, yeah, and get ahead yeah, and claw no. ourselves ahead. First of all, and hold on, let me paper. finish. And the, the, the rich family in here as well had things redeeming about them as well. They were a good family. They cared about each other, but they also were dismissive of other people, but not in a malicious way. Whereas I, and this is what I, it brings me back to the whole point, And we're spending too much time on this because in it's not a on Gail your list. Sorensen kind of way. You in yes. Um, <laughs> uh, let's hope. No, no. Okay. Never. Um, what I think you might be annoyed about this movie is that a lot of people took away from this movie that the rich people are evil and the poor people are uh, oh, heroes. Did they? I think a lot of people did, oh, and that's annoying. I thought to you, no, is that not annoying? I don't know. Everything annoys me about well, this movie. Well, but, but if it, I don't know what a lot of people think, I've heard that a little bit, and yes, that is that is annoying. If that is the thought, there was only a handful of people. I don't know what all these people who are voting it so high think. But in my opinion, watching this movie, the rich people were actually better people. They were just kind of stupid. Like, they were ignorant to their... It, it, they were, like, kind of, like, racist. Like, they don't know they're... They're like, I'm not racist. You know, but they say and do stupid things. And you're like, dude, that's racist. That's what these rich people were like. Yeah. But they that, weren't necessarily bad people. Yeah, I agree. Now, but and, the poor people were bad people. They continually did bad things. Like, yeah. if somebody breaks into your house and steals from you, you're not going to look at them and go, oh, but you're poor, poor you. I don't understand... If a anyone lot of people thinks look that, that way, way yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, but but okay. That that aside, I think there was a lot of cool. Th- this is a movie you can't really talk too much about without spoiling, because oh, nobody I think, cares. They've all seen it. No, no, no. Not everybody's seen it. What's they brilliant? Seen if, it, they don't want if, to. A lot of yeah, I know. But a lot of people are like, why would I want to devote time to a foreign language film that I'm at to read the whole time? And a lot of people don't watch movies like that. But if you have, what is brilliant about this movie is it goes places that i had no idea that it was going to go there everything just kind of happened and i was i was taken aback like what the hell is going on and the tension throughout the entire movie was so well built and so perfectly built and the stakes weren't even that high because a lot of times if something bad were to happen or a plan would have gone awry the worst that would have happened would have been a minor consequence except a lot of bad shit happened because i know but don't get into that but what i'm saying I'm saying throughout the entire movie, the tension was always high and I was always wrapped up in this movie and the the stakes weren't even that high. And that to me is a, a feat. That's a great thing for a filmmaker to do, to be able to do that to somebody or do that to me, to get me caring about these people that when the stakes aren't even that you high. You cared about them? Yes. Oh I was God. very invested I was in this so movie. Also, off the whole time. 
Also, what I loved about this movie is the way it looked. I think it yes, was a beautiful movie. Yes, that's the one thing I will give you. Movie. It looked beautiful. Yes, and the set Visually, design, it the was house, amazing. Mm-hmm. the house was uh, everything in the everything about the production design was beautiful. The music was very beautiful. I love the music, and so agreed. And uh, let me just say this really quick because we've spent way too much time. Yep. All my movies that we talk about, we spend way too much time. Yep. Had this mo- so the the movie has a semi pretty much if you're talking we're spending too much time yeah <laughs> the movie has a semi ambiguous ending um, I'm not sure exactly what the ending is supposed to be but m- my interpretation of the ending makes me love this movie if the interpretation of the movie or the ending is that what you're seeing on screen actually happened um, and I'm talking about the very very end not the big scene at the end I'm talking about the very very end. If if what actually happened on screen, spit it out. I'm Jesse. trying to say it without spoiling it. If what's portrayed on scene actually or on the screen actually happened, then this movie is not as good as I am rating it. But as far as I can take it, one of the characters was how would I say this? He was um. This goes back dreaming. to the whole poetry thing. He was dreaming Daydreaming. about. He was dreaming about an ending to his life or a. Or his continuation of life, um, and how it could go well, and I, I choose, I believe that he was just imagining how well life could go on after something happened. I should probably cut all this because I'm not making a good thing. But I, yeah, let's if, just shut up now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you go ahead. You go <laughs> all ahead. right, where are we at? You should know where you're at. I don't. You just totally distracted me. What I number did my am I at? Number six. You six? should be on six. Marriage Story. All right, this is kind of evening out because Marriage Story is my number five. Yeah, I had it at number five and I swapped it. I thought it was our one opportunity that we could have maybe met somewhere in the middle and swapped, but... Yeah, well, we can kind of swap here. Well, it's my number six. It's your number five. So you do your So how about you go ahead and rant for a little while about Marriage Story and then we can move on. Marriage Story, I <laughs> really loved Marriage Story. Um I, we talked about this a lot on the Oscar one, too. We did. We talked about it a lot. Um, I think it has... Marriage Story is slightly over Parasite for me because of... Um, I don't think it's as beautifully shot. It's not um, as intricate. It doesn't have as much subtext. It's very a very simple story about a couple getting a divorce, going through a divorce. But I think it's just more poignant and hits you in a mo- more an emotional level. The characters were far more well-rounded. They were human yes. beings. They were hu- fully fledged human beings going through something that they were not alien beings. Is very relatable to everybody and relatable. I just and a couple of scenes in this movie are like scenes of the decade for me. Like some of the best scenes I've ever seen in movies. And Scarlett Johansson was incredible. Adam Driver was incredible. I yeah, I really love this movie. Number five. Okay. You can wax for a little about it a little bit if you want. Um, no, I think that you're right. We we touched over it. I I wasn't as in love with it as I. Had hoped, um, which is odd that I put it above Ford versus Ferrari, and I, I don't know why. Maybe they they need to be swapped. Maybe not. Um, but I I did feel impact. It was very impactful. It, it was a good story about relationships, and um, what frustrated me about it uh, was that the girl seemed like a bad guy, and I had learned later. That she, this was supposed to be a redemption for her in her husband's eyes, the story. And I was like, that wasn't a very good redemption. That that would be my only critique. But um, Yeah, I think it was a uh, Noah Baumbach, the director. I think he was making a kind of an apology to his 
wife, uh, his ex-wife, and he was kind of saying, we got divorced, but I, he was trying to illustrate that he was screwing her out of the great he years was of also her life. The bad guy, yeah. But in the movie, like mm-hmm. you're saying, it made her look a little worse. And I don't think that was his intention, but it actually came through. So it's like, and I agree. I think she looked a little worse off than him. Although I thought it was more even than you did because we talked about this before. Um, I thought it was a little more even, but it is funny how no matter if like if a husband or a wife wants to make an apology, they're always going to somehow slide in that they're the hero. Yeah. Yeah. What I really liked about this movie is that he's this... um, really short guy and she's taller than him in reality but in the movie um oh kylo ren is really tall and scarlett johansson is really short so noah bomback the director (laughs) he he picked characters uh, he obviously has a height issue (laughs) so i that was hilarious yeah and just wanted to make mention of it yeah that's uh that's what i'm saying it's so funny how that kind of bleeds in but yeah i love this movie like I said, this is why I think it's a great year in movies. This movie is, you know, top. You can shelf only say movie. that so many times before it gets old. I haven't even said it once this whole episode. Oh, okay. This is a great year in movies. Okay, that's what you should title the name <laughs> of this episode. Well, I've only said it once though. But that could be the title. <laughs> okay. Why or you... or Avengers Endgame. No, I don't want to give away that. No, um, but all you have to do is mention it. He's not giving away anything. Honestly, people. Uh, movie lovers probably listen to this like what the Avengers Endgame what the fuck I'm not listening to this bullshit Once Upon a Time in Hollywood number, number five, five. alright mm-hmm. let's uh, play this that we weren't playing earlier because I knew it was going to be higher on your list oh you picked the scene I hope it's the one I wanted hey close that scenes we've already done yes it is <laughs> this is my game. what the fuck was that Jesus Christ Hello. fuck shit Damn it, Rick. I swear to God. Fucking lines and burst yourself like that in front of all those goddamn people. Well, you were drinking all night. Fucking drinking again. Eight goddamn fucking whiskey sours. <laughs> fucking bullshit. You're a fucking miserable drunk. You're fucking remembering your fucking lines. I practiced them and now I don't look like I goddamn practiced them. You're sitting there like a fucking baboon. <laughs> Fucking whiskey sour. I couldn't stop at fucking three or four of right? Wow! You're a fucking alcoholic. You fucking drink too much, huh? Every fucking night, every fucking night. That's it. That's fucking it. That's fucking it. You stop drinking right now. Alright? Make a promise to yourself you're gonna stop fucking drinking. Fucking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> God! You fucking girl. You're gonna show that goddamn Jim Stacy. You're gonna show all of them on that goddamn fucking set who the fuck Rick Dalton is, alright? Let me tell you something. You don't get these lines right. I'm gonna blow your fucking brains out tonight, alright? Your brains are gonna be splattered all over your goddamn pool. I mean it, motherfucker. Get your shit together. (laughs) That's such a great scene. I I wanna. So. I'll let you talk about it for a minute. But. I want to talk about it. Yeah. There's a few things that I think are valuable in rating a movie. And one of those things is if you would suggest it to somebody mm-hmm. and how many somebodies, right? Mm-hmm. This movie, even though it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, 
I would recommend to almost, well, anyone, to anyone. This is a good movie that anyone can watch. It's extremely entertaining, very well done. It's just, it's a great movie. And and the other one that I would also recommend to anybody would be The Peanut Butter Falcon. That's why I also made it on my list because that's one movie that I could give to anyone and I think people would enjoy it and appreciate it. And this this is also one. Um, you wouldn't be. I I would be worried about this one. Really? Because it's a slower burn. Mm. And oh. I don't know. I'm worried about people. Like I don't know. I think people stop worrying so much. <laughs> this th- this is the issue I had with this movie. Why it's a little lower for me is that I felt like it. It didn't have that Tarantino pop. A lot mm. of parent Tarantino movies are like that. Dialogue is crisp and it's back and forth, and there's always something going uh, interesting dialogue wise going on on the screen. This movie didn't have a lot of that. It had a lot of great visuals, the production design where it looked exact. It just, it was like a time traveling machine. You went back to the 60s. You were there. You oh were immersed God, the in the world. The set, the scene was yeah, amazing. Everything. He did a great job with that. Yeah, it was perfect. That's the best part of the movie for me. And also Leonardo DiCaprio and I Brad think Pitt's you're mistaken acting. in the dialogue though. There was a lot of there, great dialogue. There was. Like there was that scene. I mean, there was that scene we just watched, but I think a lot of that it's was one of the best scenes yeah. ever. Uh, yeah, it was great. And Constant then, cuts. It was so funny. It was great. Yeah, Leo was killing Love it. Love Leo. Um, and then there, it reminds you how handsome Brad Pitt is, even when he's old. That's why you rated it so highly. That's right. <laughs> I can recommend this movie, one scene where he's on the roof, to anybody. Yes, everybody. <laughs> You're thinking about all your girlfriends. What about the? What about the the um, uh, the fight scene that we watched last night? Oh yeah, night. Bruce Lee. Yes, yeah. that's so good. Yeah. So good. So much about it is so good. Yeah, I thought... <clears throat> you just need to watch it again. I do. The, so, there were... Three... We could replace Endgame with this. It very well list. could I'll be. I'll fix it for you. Um, there were three movies. Let me make sure, though. Three movies on my top ten list that I had to rewatch, or that I was considering for my top ten, that I had to rewatch because I didn't know exactly how I felt about them. This was one of them. I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. We can rewatch it together. This one I'm, I'm willing down. to rewatch. Oh yeah, I would love to rewatch this movie. Okay. I really like this movie. I had a deep, deep problem with the end. Not the very, very end. Not the last scene, but the scene that the the climax of the movie where everything came to a head. I had a problem with that. I don't um, know what that is. Why don't you just tell me? Nobody well, gives a shit. No, they do, Tisha. You Here. can beep it out. Um, beep. <laughs> you can beep it out. Uh, Beep. <laughs> let's just say this. Let me let me uh, read you what I wrote about it. Oh, okay, just really quick. fine. Um, uh, we have a lot of silence going on in the uh, podcast right now, so I'm That's trying to talk while to I'm looking again. Um, looking up your monologue. Oh Jesus! You got to talk while I'm looking for this. What do you want me to talk about? I don't know. Okay, fine. I'll just I can't read it because I can't read and have the podcast quiet. Basically, what I thought about it was that it was a, a slow burn, a beautiful slow burn. It was like a time travel movie. You already said that. And it exploded in a cartoon explosion. Cartoons. Huh? Cartoon explosion. Because what, what happened at the end, to me, took away. Not, not that it was bad. It was, it was entertaining. It was fun. But it took away from all the realness and the, the beauty of the movie before. Jesse. The fact that you are saying this and you've rated Endgame higher than this just completely dismisses your opinion. 
Do you understand that? Keisha, Endgame exists. Do you understand that we that is cartoonish? Again. Yes, but it, it's supposed it's to be. It's cartoonish. It's supposed to be. Oh, and is Quentin Tarantino not supposed to be cartoonish? Like, no. that is what he does with his, I know. Fi- with his blood and gore and scenes. He is He does them in a cartoonish manner. It makes them easier to swallow. Yeah, but what... My main thing is, is that... Kill Bill is such a realistic kill scene. No, but Kill Bill exists as that movie throughout. This movie exists as inconsistent. One... You're calling it inconsistent. Yes, Just as... say that. That's, that's a what word. I said. Did you hear what I said? It's a beautiful exploration. No, you pick this big old long monologue. in a cartoon explosion. Jesse, I think it was uneven tone. Like, okay, inconsistent. Let's move on to your number five. Um, you're wrong no, my number this. five was Marriage Story. Oh, number number. Four. No, what we will do is oh. we will take a quick break, and we'll hear from Why our sponsor. Why take a quick break? You when still we have come to back. Fiddle? When we come back, Tisha will do her number four, and we will switch a route. Why? Because I feel strongly about my number one. Your number one sucks. You probably know what it is, but don't say. What's the game? This is the game. Okay. All right, we're back from our commercial break. Um, I got a little scotch. Tisha still hasn't finished her one glass of wine, so... You made my glass very large. I know. Trying to get you drunk. Jesse. All right, number You poured your first glass of scotch was like a three glass glass. Your second glass of scotch was like a two glass glass. You're drunk. Then you gave me a three glass glass of wine. What? And I've already drank two thirds of it. I only have a glass left. My phone is all all right now. I feel good. Okay, what's your number four? What's your number four? No, you're going your number four. Oh, I thought I was going to get (laughs) you. I'm not that. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm a steady ship. I no, I've done my number four. Glasses. It's your turn. No, you haven't. Um, <laughs> hold on. Let's recap really quick. Uh, for me, my number recap. 10. My number 10 movie was Uncut Gems. Number nine. Jesse, if anybody was listening to this, they don't need a recap. Number nine, Once Upon a Time oh in Hollywood. God. Number eight, Are Ad Astra. Drugs? Number seven, Avengers Endgame. Beep. Number six, Parasite. Number five, Marriage Story. And for Tisha. Number three. No, number 10. Number four? Number 10. I don't want to play that game. Recap. No, this is stupid. Number 10, you had I Avengers just... Endgame. Number nine, you had Spider-Man into no, the Spider-Verse. No. Number eight. Wait, was Spidey-Verse in this year? No. Go. I liked Spidey-Verse. Wait, hold on. It was. was. that the cartoon one? No, no, no. It was... Uh... It was this year. What? I think. I don't know. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5... Four. No, just recap them really quick. Jesus Jesse, Christ. Oh my God. The Farewell. Yeah, number 10. Honey Boy. Number nine. Peanut Butter Falcon. Number eight. Ford vs. Ferrari. Number seven. Marriage Story. Number six. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that was your number five. Now number four. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That's right. <laughs> That's right, bitch. I can. I could not have predicted this. Liar. Um, <laughs> do you have a clip for this one? I do. How are you going to play a clip in French? Did you forget oh it was God. in French as you watched it? No, but it? why would you? <laughs> this is what you did with the farewell. She tried to play a clip from the farewell and it's all in Chinese. You should play it because it's beautiful. If you play it, you will remember how good it is. Hit play. That's a good point. Okay, we are going to play a clip in French. If you need to grab yourself a scotch, this is the time to do it. Let's do it. They probably want red wine. Je n'arrive pas à vous faire sourire. I can't make you smile. C'est comme si j'avais l'impression de le faire et qu'il disparaissait. Talk. Okay, I'll read her title or what she's saying. La colère finit toujours par gagner. Chez vous, c'est certain. Always comes to the fore. 
ne voulais pas vous blesser. Vous ne m'avez pas blessé. Si. Je... I'm just going to say, as they're talking to each other, there, so there's two women talking to each other, they are the main characters of the movie. Each scene, so it's a, a cutback scene where they're talking to each other and it has them only in the frame and it looks like a painting. When they go back and forth, it's like... And it's about a painting. Yes. This, this so is a very to, beautifully... You need to clarify that. This is a very beautifully crafted movie. That, mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Yes, the cinematography on this, the... the you know what I realized though, just really quick? Um, when I say cinematography, it sounds like I'm saying cinematography. You're saying cinnamon. Yeah, cinematography. I don't mean to say that. The cinematography in this movie. Cinnamon. Yeah, it's one of my, it's it's annoying that I love movies so much and I say cinematography. I don't mean to. You have a list. The cinematography in this film is very good. Jesse. The the way the the scenes are framed. Can um, you play it, please? Okay, some more French for you guys. She just said, we're the only podcast that plays French on an audio podcast. Oh, she's looking at her like, stop ruining it. Pardonnez-moi, je n'aimerais pas être à votre place. Mais nous sommes à la même place. Exactement à la même place. Venez ici. Venez. Approchez-vous. Regardez. Si vous me regardez, qui je regarde moi Quand vous ne savez pas quoi dire, vous baissez la tête et vous touchez votre front. Quand vous perdez le contrôle, vous haussez les sourcils. Quand vous êtes troublé, vous respirez par la bouche. Again, look where I stopped the thing. That's a painting. It's a very beautifully crafted movie. Babe, why are all the movies you love about lesbians? They're not. What other lesbian movie do I love? I don't know. We watched another movie that you recommended you wanted to watch, and it was a lesbian movie. No. There's nothing wrong with it at all, but I noticed there's a pattern. Jesse, you're just making shit up right now. <laughs> you love these I lesbian I actually movies. don't like lesbian movies. I don't like or dislike. God, I, I was trying Usually to Usually think... any kind of sexual stuff I'm not interested in in movies, and this did not like make me squirm or unhappy with it like even the way that they played any sexual interactions were very tasteful and not over the top it was intimate and just to be clear she's talking about all sex scenes when i she used to tell me she didn't like sex scenes in movies period and i would always be like "I, i don't mind them or whatever but now i'm i feel the same way it's like totally unnecessary to have a sex scene in a movie it's kind of awkward and weird 
it's like a relic of the 90s and 80s that they just throw this sex scene in here. But this is actually what this movie's about. It's yeah. about love. It's, it's about, about intimacy. It's about intimacy between two yeah. women. Um, and it's it's beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. It is very beautiful. I may have to cut some of that because it's a long scene in French. Why do you is, hate French so nobody, much? It's not even that long. I made America. sure that everything I played was less than two minutes. Don't be a bitch. They can get their scotch and suck it easy. <laughs> All right. All right. Now shut your mouth and move on. Number four for me. This one's hard to say. It's very difficult four? to say because this was my number three and I just changed it. Don't cry. Spit it out. <sighs> I really like this movie. I need to watch it again. This is another one I need to watch again. 1917. Oh my God. Four? Yes. Number four. 19. What did you do? Did you go move Endgame up to three? Endgame? You already heard Endgame. I know, but you never know. 1917, a movie shot as if it's one take. Uh, That's kind of the gimmick of the movie. It's shot in one take. I think it's going to be higher on your list, so I will not talk about it at this moment. Might as well just shut the fuck up and move on. Great, great movie. Am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Shut the fuck up. Seriously. Stop, Stop being so fucking crass, swearing, Jesse. I am tired of it. Okay, sorry. You have a terrible mouth. Number three. Number three for, for you. Tisha. Jojo Rabbit. Jojo fucking rabbit. Hey. Do you have a scene for Jojo fucking is, rabbit? This is, I do. I do. And um, I do. And if I watch it, I might cry, so. All right, there's a scene from Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Start it from Someday the beginning. Someday meet someone special. Why does everyone keep telling me that? Someday you'll meet someone special. Why does everyone keep telling me that? Who else tells you that? Everyone? Anyway, it's a stupid idea. You're stupid. Love is the strongest thing in the world. I think you'll find that metal is the strongest thing in the world, followed closely by dynamite and then muscles. Besides, I wouldn't even know it if I saw it. Surprise, surprise. The shoelaces are undone again. Oh, Cho-Cho. You'll know when it happens. You'll feel it. It's a pain. My ass, I bet. In your tummy. Like, like you're full of butterflies. Yuck. Yeah, yuck. Come on, Schittler. Let's get the move on. <laughs> Schittler. What the f- Hey! What's wrong with you? I'm worried about you, man. Are you drunk? Again? <laughs> yeah, so, it's very good. Sweet movie, sweet movie. I need movie, to talk, because you don't even like this movie. What I liked it's not about even JoJo in your Rabbit. almost ten, so shove off. What I liked about... Shut okay, up, shut Sorry. up. Hold on, look. Okay, go ahead. The important thing about that scene is what they didn't see or hear, because they had to see it, and that's that she tied his shoes, and then he... She tied them together and he almost tripped over. He fell over and there's just the fact that they they constantly have shoes in the movie, throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like one of those sh- tying the shoelaces, the dancing, they focus on the feet. There's this this constant reiteration of the shoes and it ties in at the end. And it's just, um, it's very emotional. Yeah, it is. Very I mean. emotional. And that, that clip I feel like was a perfect example of the mother and the son's relationship, their dynamic that I thought was just very sweet, very adorable. Um, 
great example of the kind of mother she was in the movie, great example of the kind of kid he was, and it was also kind of touching on the imaginary friend and the people telling him about, you know, who is telling you about love, and, and it's his, you know, imaginary friend, so. Shitla. 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 Yeah, yes, the little cute. boy very is, uh, he's an iconic character, I think. The scene where he's like, little Jew girl in the wall. Like, he's just <laughs> such a cute little boy. And then, uh, without giving anything away, the end scene, I think, is... I love when movies wrap up perfectly, and I think this movie wrapped up perfectly. Yeah, I think this is a really You had no movie. complaints about the ending? That's your favorite thing to complain about. Yeah, a lot of times movies drop the ball, but this one I thought wrapped it up perfectly. I love the way this movie ended. Yeah. I thought it was perfect. Everything about this movie was really, really good. It was um, funny. It was... It was... Uh, yeah. Enjoyable. Anxious. It was sad. It was just. It was just a great movie. Like you're about to cry right now. I'm going to cry thinking about it. I can't talk about it because it's emotional. It's about a little German boy in Germany during World War II and kind of his. Everybody knows what it's about from his perspective of what's going on. Uh, I would, I like I said, I'm not as high on it as you are, but I would highly recommend this movie. Yeah, I think it's you very prefer good. Endgame. I definitely prefer Endgame. Yeah, it's because you're on crack. Would you watch this movie again? <laughs> Yes. Would you recommend this movie yes. to many people? Yes, but you, there's a difference. I told you, I love this year in movies. This movie could have made a top 10 easily in another year. This You're is a so very good movie. weird. I like this movie All right, a lot. Moving on. Your number three, please. Oh, this one's going to pain you worse than any. Oh, my God. This one will absolutely pain you. Is this one you rewatched and loved? This is the one that I rewatched and loved. And oh, let boy. me read from. Can you just tell me the movie? Let me read I'm not from into somebody. The I like I said I put out a couple of posts on Facebook and other places and I wanted to get opinions on the best movies of the year. This is from Donald L. Langley. Why he likes this movie. Characters, characters, characters. I'm a sucker for deeply and morally flawed bad guys with sympathetic intentions and nobody does that better than Scorsese when he's at when he's in that gangster world. The Irishman. Are you fucking high? <laughs> yes, I love this movie. What are you smoking right now? So I watched The Irishman. That is a horrible movie. With Tisha the first oh time. My God, now, there were a few problems, a few things that I had against my few me. problems with Tisha watching movies with One, her. <laughs> Tisha did not like this movie. And there was a point in the movie where we had to pause. Yeah, halfway through. It's possible I needed to get popcorn or something or was going on. Or pee. Mm-hmm. I don't usually do that during movies. But I don't know. Something happened. I had just, to do something. I had to pause had it. To and Tisha Hold on. Don't knock that over. <laughs> Tisha says, oh my God, that's how much time we have left. And it was half. It was, the, not, it was an hour and a half. Yeah. So and we, the movie had been going for that yeah. long. And it was an excruciating hour and a half. So this tainted the movie a little bit with me. So while I was watching oh my it, God. I just kept thinking of you and it, it kept distracting me from the movie. And I kept thinking like, oh, she's hating this. I know she's yeah. hating this. I was trying very hard to focus on this movie. And it took me out of the movie a little bit. I still really like the movie. When Blame I first, me. When I first watched this movie, I did rate it and nobody cares. I know. Four stars. I rated it four stars. I thought it was a great Good movie. But I thought it was flawed. I thought it was a little slow. I thought it was um, I, awkward. I just, I, what I what I really thought of it was that I didn't capture my attention. But I realized even after watching it that that might have been part uh, part. I was watching it with you, and I knew you hated it. And also, I was a little tired that night. So a long movie. Did you drink the second night? No. Don't lie to me. No, I had to do it. 
So I don't drink when I watch a movie for the first time because it ruins the, the experience. And also you forget. And I found myself when we used to watch movies a lot, I would be drinking scotch or something while we're watching it. And then I found myself like really loving a lot of rom-coms. I'm like, oh, that fucking Jennifer <laughs> Aniston is killing it. She's killing it in this movie. Like her acting is on par or on point. And so I started to realize like, I think it's the alcohol talking on a lot of these movies. So I don't drink while I'm watching movies. And I'm not like a big drinker. There's she not wants a to lot make of rom-coms in no, the but, world. So I won't drink while I'm watching a movie for the first time because I want to absorb it the correct way and how it's anyway, made. Anyway, so everybody's I, the second not asking time, for your life story, Jesse. I gave it four stars the first time. No, the second time I watched it, I didn't drink at all, nothing. I just wanted to experience it. And like, you gave it what? Spit it out? Oh, no, it's not a matter of what I gave it. You uh, left four, and the four half, stars? But, no, four and a half. But oh, you upped it to four and a half. Upped it. But I, not just that, I really love this movie the okay. second time I watched it. Good it was so immersive and so the acting is so good everything about this movie is so good there is some flaws the cgi the de-aging was very distracting not as distracting the second time i watched it it was a little uh, smoother um but there were so many goddamn great scenes in this movie and then what really hit me the second time i watched it was the music the music and the pace really just hit me i was just like oh my god this is like one of those classic movies like it felt like like um I don't want to say it's like this because it's a bad comparison, but like a taxi driver where there there was this slow, like melancholic. You don't like slow. I normally don't, but it was not. I don't, I don't want to say slow. It sounds like a pejorative. It was like a, oh, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it was, a, I love this movie the second time I watched it. Okay. The music just hit me, the acting, everything. I just want to play a quick scene from oh, this movie. Okay. Um A very, I mean, obviously I love, uh, you, you, everybody loves Robert De Niro. Al Pacino was killing it. Joe Pesci was killing it. But one character or one actor in this movie that I thought is supremely underrated. Nobody really talks about this guy, but uh, Stefan or Stephen Graham. He uh, he played uh, Anthony Pro, uh, Tony Pro in this movie. And this is a scene with him and Al Pacino, who are my two favorite Who's parts that? of this movie. Is that the guy from the sitcom? No, it's this guy. These were my guy? two favorite. I don't know that guy. These were my two favorite uh, characters in the movie. Not in terms of like I loved Robert De Niro, obviously, but in terms of things that just kind of blew me away. Not with in the terms movie. of what? In terms of being sucked into the movie. Al Pacino really got me, and this guy really got me. Uh, Stephen, Stephen or Stephen Graham? I'm not oh, sure. Oh, that how was his it. friend. That was his frenemy. That's he, his frenemy. Uh, yeah. Where I mean, there's frenemy. Yeah. Um. So. Al Pacino and him are in prison or jail, and uh, they're having a conversation here. So, so there's a difference. Well, what's the difference? I didn't threaten anybody. You did. Well, so what? That makes no sense. What do you mean? It does. No, it doesn't, but I don't want to debate. Think about it. Thinking about it, Jimmy. No, don't fuck with me, Jimmy. Just do something about it. What do you mean, do something about it? What am I going to do? Well, there's always something you can do. No, it's federal law. I don't care. You don't care? No, you can still do something about it. There's nothing I can do. What well, can I do? You can get my fucking money. How? Some other way. What way? Same way you got your money. Shh. Lower your fucking voice. You telling me to lower my Tell voice? Me to lower your fucking voice. Cocksucker. Don't call me a cocksucker. Fuck you. you. Don't you fucking dare. Look, you're here for fraud. You stole money. I stole money. Yeah, I stole money. Okay, fine, in a different way. But still, I want what I'm fucking owed. 
You people. You people. What did you say? Oh, my God. What did you say? Oh, come on. What I said. What the fuck did I say? I don't well, know. You, what people. I said. you said you people. What, is, what, what does that fucking mean, you people? I'm done talking about this. You people? I'm done. You're done? I'll rip your fucking head off. Hey! Yeah, so, what? What's that look? <laughs> Stephen, or Stephen Graham, I don't know him that well, and I should know him better. He is a great actor. Al Pacino really got me into this movie, and then, like I said, the second time I watched this movie, absolutely love this movie. It was that same song often, and it was a good song. I agree. The music was good. Yes. The music was good about this movie. This is the sad part. I really want you to rewatch this movie. I don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> but you're never going to rewatch this movie. Jesse, it's, it's so very good. hard to watch. It's like eating broccoli. Oh, you're a vegetarian, almost vegan. Hate broccoli. Eat the goddamn I broccoli. eat it often, and I hate it. I, I love this movie. Martin chair. Scorsese. Um, like I said, I was a little disappointed the first time. Not, I still thought it was a great movie, but goddamn, did I love this movie the second time. Oh, and let me just say this. The ending of this movie. Oh, no. Beautiful. I loved the end of this movie. So all I'll say, all all I'll say is this, because I don't want to spoil anything. The door, the literal door being slightly left ajar, kind of leaving the door open for this type of film, a gangster movie, whatever. It's a metaphor. It's also a real thing that happened in the movie. Did you like look up something and then you read a thing where they said, hey, this is a metaphor and then you watched it and you were like, oh my God. Tisha, I know. Now I love you. Now you're starting to think I'm, no, I promise you. you told me flat out that you don't like poetry of movies. No, it's if not. If it doesn't have a stated meaning, it's not valuable. This is the whole... You don't like subjective Tisha, meanings. I'll tell you this. At, when I watched this movie, so I, I wrote it afterwards. Right after I watched this, I wrote it on my review that I believe that the door slightly being left ajar was a, a Martin Scorsese telling us that, look, this, I don't want to give too much away about this movie, but... This is the death of the gangster movie. These guys are all old. Robert De Niro's in his late or 70s. I don't did know. Did you Al read Pacino. that or not? No, I did not read this, Tisha. Stop. Lies. No, when I watched this, I thought that I thought. You did not at any time read it. Tisha, I don't know what I absorbed throughout uh, history, but I'm telling you, I didn't read this. This is my opinion on this. Then why are you coming up with your own opinion on it when you just told me that you don't like that subjective? No, Tisha, what I'm saying is I believe this is Martin Scorsese's um, why intent. You, why are you going off of your belief? Maybe because I believe it is. If but what it, if it's not? If it's not, then that's bad. Does that bad. ruin the movie yes, for you? Yes, but I think it... Does it ruin it completely? Not completely, but... Jesse, that's Tisha, wrong. It you, should not ruin the movie Okay, what Tisha's you. doing right now is she's bringing up an argument we had off air. It's not in this podcast. It's about <laughs> art and uh, me not liking people reading too much into movies when there's not actually meaning there. I think this movie... I never said that. What did you say? You, I said that people interpreting art for their own interpretation whether it is the intent or not is not a problem and it doesn't change the value of it i think it does though i still do the value is only value if it is the actual intent yeah to be interpreted that way i do believe that so but i think this is martin scorsese's intent is that these guys are all old you can't just believe whatever you want you have to have a foundation in that you're just making shit up right now. Okay, I believe Facts, Jesse. this this looks like I, I really believe that believe. Martin Scorsese is um <laughs> illustrating that these are the this is the last 
um, go around for all these guys. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, uh, Joe Pesci are not going to be in this type of movie ever again. And if they are, it's going to be very weird. They're all very old. And so what he's doing is he's crafting this end of end of life gangster flick. And he's showing the follies of it. And so in the last part of this movie, you see the mundane life of a gangster, of a of a guy that's in um, Goodfellas. You see what happens to them as they grow old. And you see Why wouldn't just he basically do the waste, waste, of, uh, waste of time that it all was, even though it was exciting while you're watching it. And at the end of the movie, or near the end of the movie, without giving anything away, there is a door left ajar. And I believe that means... Who knows what the future may hold? That's the metaphor that I'm reading into it. You're right. I may be wrong about that. But I, I hope thought, you're wrong. I found it very then beautiful. This, what happens if you're wrong? Does it change the rating and the placement on your list? I don't know, babe. Maybe. Come on. I want to know. But why would the door be left ajar? Jesse? And also, hold on. Also, I think it rings very true to aging, old age. Like you see the you see these aging gangsters in old folks' homes and you and you and they and I've been and I've seen this firsthand and this is what happens. You have these conversations that happen in nursing homes that I think are very authentic and actually do happen in real life. And I think it just really hit home with me the first time it did. I remember really thinking the last third of the movie was very, very good. But I remember thinking like, ah, oh, the first two thirds were kind of dragging. But that might have been because you were like, God damn, how long does this go on? It's as long as your monologue I about the goddamn movie. Say- that um, ever but only when you shut it off but the second time i watched it i really really loved just it and it just talking about it the whole time no you yelled weren't. at me it, it, but i really fell in love with it the second time all right your number where are we at is it my turn yeah your may i talk without interrupting number you? where are you at two dos you better pause um number two number two number two are you ready avengers Wait. What's your number two? Avengers Endgame? Probably. How did you guess? So what did you like about Avengers Endgame? <laughs> I don't even That would be hilarious, Thanos. though. Thanos. I like Thanos, and then he killed everybody. Yeah, this whole time, you're like talking shit, and then you're like, number two. I watched it again, and the second time, I fell in love, and Thanos and Thor. Is that what I sound like yeah, to you? <laughs> it could be. What's up, Notch? That'd I, be, that would be hilarious I if you did that. I do not sound like that. Every mocking of my voice that you have... I understand now is a lie. No, you don't. You sound like this. Orale. <laughs> I really love that film. Asshole. That's what you sound like. I'm not trying to make fun. Uh, okay, go. What's your number two? A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. <laughs> the Mr. Rogers film, also considered for my top 10. Lies. Considered uh, at like number 17. Don't it, even feed me your bullshit. This movie was amazing. All right. Let's play. Oh, wait. Where's your? Oh, it's on mine. Uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, uh, the film about Mr. Rogers, and here is a scene that um, made my wife cry, and did it almost make me cry? I'm not going to answer that. Hey, Mr. Rogers! It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Like you, I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the 
good movie. I like it. Oh, you're crying, babe. Uh, I can't stand this movie. Well, if it helps you, it helps you know that I did also rated this movie four stars. Jesse. Very great. The uh, thing with this movie is that it is amazing. It is beautiful. It is a beautiful movie. It's about a beautiful man, too. He's like this saint. Yeah, Mr. Rogers seems like one of those bright spots in the world that you always want to find like some negativity. Oh, he must have had some kind of secret. Like even Zylea, our daughter, she had heard rumors or stories from her friends at school that, oh, he wore long sleeves because of his tattoos or his scars or something. Or is it true that he like was in the war and he was a sniper and he killed people? And there were like all these rumors that spread about Mr. Rogers because he's just this good, Saint. bright spot in the world and... It's sometimes it's hard for us to accept that, like, and that's what this movie's about, actually, or one of the things this movie's yeah, about. One of the things it's a, it's also about his um, ability to just connect with anybody and everybody, and and he had this tormented soul that was that was out to just get a story about him, and and he was. You're able, talking about the guy that was doing a story journalist. on him, yeah, yeah, and he was able to, I think just bring him to to a better place in his life just by being present and being there yeah Um, and then the other part of this that really got to me was that this was a part of my childhood like this is something he is someone that was embedded in me deep inside where like memories don't even go he's a part of something of who i am and it just was it was too much for me very emotional yeah it really hit me too i i remember i told you when we watched this the one thing it's not really a flaw about it but there was a lot of this movie that could have been a horror film in terms of the way it's shot i told you about that too where he's the visual yeah the the way it looks like this movie the way it looks was uh it didn't bug me but it stood out to me where it looked dark and it looked grim and it looked like if you change the music and you change you could just pluck a scene from this movie and put it in a horror film, and I think it would fit uh, for a lot of it. But I still really like this movie. I you very, also like horror films. So. I do, I do. But I, but uh, to me, it was just like this tone thing, where it's like you got Mister Rogers, and then you got this darkness that's around it. But because it was dark, that was the point of it. Is that the the tormented yeah. soul that was around him and near him was just was darkness. He was suffering, and he yeah. was tragic, and he was tormented and even Mr. Rogers had torments of his own, you know, he, but he was able to like, he talked once about, he spoke once about his relationship with his children. Yeah. And it didn't sound like even being Mr. Rogers as perfect as you are. And as much as you try, like you still, your kids still become teenagers and they still, (laughs) hate you no matter who you are and you still have problems 
no matter how perfect you are or imperfect you are, no matter what, those problems exist. And and it was a struggle for him in his life. And he had mentioned that at one point. But it was in. But the way that he deals with those torments is so gracefully. I was just about to say that. That's it, what's beautiful. It about was it. Like, Jesus Christ. He just had the ability to work through these things. And there were even moments where you looked at him in the show, and Tom Hanks did a brilliant job. And you looked at his character, and you thought he was going to snap, and then he didn't. And you thought, okay, this is where he's getting him. But then he didn't. Yeah. And so I think that the darkness was an intentional thing. That it was kind of trying to say, this was a beautiful thing, but there's always darkness around that beauty and positivity. And and regardless of that darkness, he persevered. He, he kept going. And he maintained who he was and his demeanor. Yeah. And you know another thing I really like about it? Do you remember the dad? The dad of the journalist? Mm-hmm. That was a very good character. He was very well played. I think in a weaker movie or a movie that's not quite as good, they would have played him a little worse, like a little more of a dick or a little better, a little more like, oh, I'm redeemed and all this but stuff. But they realistic. played it right down the middle, mm-hmm. perfectly well done. Yeah, I thought a lot about this movie. It was very well done. Very, yeah. very good movie. That was a great movie. Better than Endgame, though? The kidding. fact that you don't think that <laughs> makes me worry I'm about you. Um, before I do my number two, I got to read this because I was trying to find it earlier, but I couldn't find it. Ad Astra. This is what I wrote about it. Oh, God. <laughs> the con- the Ad Astra, I think the subtext of the movie, because uh, I remember rambling about it. And I don't think I put it clearly. Uh, the subtext of it was the conflict between the human need for connection and the common peace and loneliness of isolation. The realization that one is suffering and thriving from both the nature and nurture of one's parents, with all their mistakes and successes manifesting themselves in one's present psychological well-being. The juxtaposition of an excluded or an extended hand from a stranger and the push away from a loved one. The realization we are alone in the universe and can can either drive one to isolation and despair or bring one closer to others and contentment. I think that one point we need to make here is that you write a little too pretentious and that it's obviously not natural or you wouldn't have to stutter so much when you were reading it. Tisha, I'm (laughs) writing how I normally write. This scotch is what the problem is. No, 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 no. You're not writing like you speak. Why would I write like I speak? Because it has to flow. It has to come from the heart and meaning. That did that. I did mean that, though. That's how I want to express it. And then when I was rambling on here. I was like, that can't be how I express myself for Ad Astra. I really loved Ad Astra, and I remember just kind of rambling. Are you going to clip that and paste it over? No. No, no. You'll leave leave it just where it is? Yeah, I pasted some shit last time, and it's too goddamn much work. So I'm just leaving it raw. And I'm going to leave in my wife trying to call me pretentious, too. (laughs) Um, Are you on your number two or my number two? My number two. You don't know where you're at because you poured five glasses of scotch in one cup. Number two. It's a great movie. Jesse, don't be annoying. Just say it. Joker. Oh. Joker. Of course. Now, I don't give a fuck what you pretentious movie snobs think. A lot of goddamn movie lovers that I consider myself one. Joker is a good movie. A lot of these crazy movie lovers look down on this movie, and I have no idea why. I read a review about this movie on goddamn Letterboxd from a guy that gave it a one-star review. And he he said something to the effect, and it had thousands of goddamn likes on it, and it really pissed me off. It said something to the effect if... Uh, um, if you never if you never learn how to swim 
a pond fills deep. And that pisses me off. Why? Because he's basically saying like, oh, of course you think this movie is deep or profound or great because you don't watch enough movies or you don't know what you're thinking. Is that what he's saying? Yes. Or I you thought don't, it was you a don't critique have a... to the movie about no. the person in the movie. Because to no. me, that sounds like an explanation of the man in the movie, of Joaquin's character. He's talking about the filmmaker and he's talking about the people that love the film. He's talking really? about like, yeah, he's saying this is that's not a deep. That's a little expert. harsh. It is. And it pisses me off. I, I don't think love a, Joker, but that's harsh. I think a lot of people view this as um, kind of a a weak attempt at um, giving social satire. Oh. I don't think that's the case. And I don't even want to get into it. But social there's other. Social satire? Yeah. Like of the haves and the have nots and all that stuff. This movie, I think, worked on every level for me. I love this movie in almost every aspect of, of, of the way it's made, the cinematography, the music, the acting, the story, the you subtext. You cinematography I said almost. cinema. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Um, okay, how about this? The mise-en-scene nice. is beautiful. Everything about this movie Agreed. just so much appeals to me. Um, I, after I got done watching it, I thought this is probably the best comic book movie I've ever seen. Um, Dark Knight uh, is up there as well. I think those two are the best comic book movies I've ever this seen. This is better than Dark Knight. I got Dark Knight a little book. bit better than this, uh, but I insane. love Joker. What is wrong with you? Yeah, I got Dark Knight a little bit better, but maybe this, you should rewatch them back to back. Yeah, I. This is just a vir- like a virtuoso performance from Joaquin Phoenix. I think it's yes. so good, and I hate that. Um, I hate that this movie gets hate. That, to me, it's like the the polar opposite of Parasite. I think both these movies are great movies. I love Parasite and I love Joker. But the fact that that Parasite gets just tons of love and everybody's just jumping on it and thinks this is a great it's, movie. It's the whole... Um, and hold on. And then the opposite is true for Joker. I see so many smart people. I've seen reviews. I've heard... I listen to other movie podcasts. Smart people that love movies and they know about movies don't care about this movie or they downplay it and they think it's a dumb uh, attempt at social satire or a or a bad attempt at making a great um a great uh god i can't think of the right word great character study no not even a character study just like a taxi driver-esque type movie and this is a poor attempt i don't think so i think it's a beautifully made movie in every aspect i love this movie i think that it is all political and that you shouldn't worry so much about what other people think yeah that's true. Because I feel, they're literally just trying to fit in, in a way. They're the trying thing. to be a part of the in. You know, that's the only way you can be anything is if you're in the in. And so that's what they're doing. How do I um, make, a no, make a name for myself? You know, I have to be a part of the consensus. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stress about that so much because it's obviously wrong. And this movie is going to be historically a movie that people look back on because it... It was beautiful, but it's also like political in terms of, you know, like bureaucracy and politics and political in terms of this was that, you know, what did you call them? Incel, white guy. And it was almost like trying to be a redemption for that guy. And the problem was a lot of people were mad about it because they thought people would be like, oh, yeah, you know, on Joker's side. And I thought... There's no way. And then I talked to your mom and your brother, yeah. and they were like that. And yeah. I was like, "What the fuck?" But this is the, <laughs> this is the thing that makes me mad. In 
So it, people do think that way. Yes, so I can but, see why they're mad, but, but still. But outside of this era that we're in of political correctness and age of outrage and all that stuff that's going on, back, you know, you go 10 years ago or, you know, back in the 90s when uh, uh, Hannibal Lecter, The uh, Silence of the Lamb came out. Nobody was thinking like, oh, p- everybody idolized, not idolized, but they loved Hannibal Lecter. That was like the bright spot of that movie. And it turns out he was only in the movie for about 10 or 12 minutes, which is weird when you think about it. He was not in the movie that much, but everybody loved that character. But he was despicable, a horrible human being. But we loved it. Nobody politicized that the way they do now. Now it's like, yeah, if you love Joker, which I ended up, the character of Joker in this movie, I found him to be despicable, but then also a badass and somebody that I wanted to see admired in a way. He definitely wasn't a badass. No, but this is what I'm telling you, babe. This is how I viewed him. I viewed him as a badass, somebody that's admirable in certain ways like not not admirable but like a hero almost but at the same time i recognize he's a villain he's a bad guy same as hannibal lecter i look at him and like god damn he's so cool but he's an evil dude and in real life we don't like the hannibal lecters in real life we don't like the tony sopranos in real life we don't like the jokers but now it's a politicized thing where if you do now all of a sudden we're feeding the incels or something But I don't buy into that, and I actually I love this movie, and that, I watched this movie twice, and I here's, would here's, watch it again. This is the probably the the even though it's my number two, I would watch this movie over my number one right now without a shadow of a doubt. Okay, love this movie. And let me just say, um, I think it interesting or find it interesting that you looked at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and had your critique of it, and I feel like this movie has that same critique. It was like pretty solid most of the time through. Like it's a horror movie to me. I know you would argue that it's not, but it is. It's pretty horrific. But then at one point it becomes very cartoonish. Oh. And you're like, this is not this is not realistic. This is too this is over the top. Well, if you're talking about let's just say the talk show. No. Okay. You're talking about after that. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. After the talk show, I think it became uh, it, very cartoonish. It dived in. I You're don't like, know what is this. Where are we? Why did they go this route? I don't know if it's cartoonish, route? but I I would agree that it becomes dreamlike, and it becomes like, what are we watching now? Is this but, a dream? But is to this be fair, comic- the whole movie's like that. Like you're kind of like, mm, but what is reality here? Because he has a problem with reality. Yeah, and so that also at the same time that I'm saying, um. It's interesting that you're not acknowledging that it becomes cartoonish. It's possible that it becomes cartoonish or a dreamlike because it is. You know, it is an altered reality and you don't know. You never really know. You're kind of back and forth like questioning reality or not. Yeah, I think I kind of see what you're saying. After the talk show moment, which um, I, I think is a scene, like I said, a scene of the decade type scene, like... It's one of those scenes that I think are is the best scenes I've ever seen in movies. Hmm. The talk show scene. I I love it. I love it. And what happens after that becomes a little uh, outside. It becomes more of a comic book. Um, And I agree with that. But it's not to the level of of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or any of these other. I don't think it is. But I know what you're saying. It's kind of a a similar. You agree, but disagree. But I don't think this is a flawless movie. Okay. I just think it's. I love this movie. Okay. That's good. That's yeah. that's how you should I, rate things off of how you how impactful they are to you, except for Endgame. 
Just oh, stop trying there. I got goosebumps <laughs> so many goddamn times in Endgame. You're so weird. Oh, but like okay, I, moving I, on. Okay, go ahead. Moving number on. Number one for you. Yes, I gotta say my number one. You already stole my spotlight. Uh, 1917. I knew it was 1917. Yep. I, I know you knew. How was, How would we go through all of this and me not have 1917 and you think that it doesn't belong? No, but what, what, what was going on is this whole time I was thinking like, what's your number one? I couldn't not like before we even started this, I was like very curious to what you thought. And I was well, like, what could be her number one? I thought it was going to be Mr. Rogers. I don't even like war movies. Yeah, that's how you know this movie is so, very impactful. Um, I do have a scene, and I want you to play it, even though you bitch about the dialogue. Is it in Mandarin or French? It is in German. <laughs> is it really in German? No, I just wanted to say that. Hit I was like, I don't remember German. Right going. there. I think this is a good spot to play it, okay. so this is where we're going to play it. But right before this scene, he just came out of the water, um, and he came out pretty traumatized. And I wish I could play the whole scene, but it's over five minutes, and it's just like him crying. And his crying is so good Okay, that you want to cry. I really want to watch this scene, and I'm excited. However, I cannot play this whole scene on the podcast. I'm not asking you to. It's only two minutes. You I don't have to play, play it to the end. No, I'll play the whole thing right now for me and you. But why would you do that? Trust me, you're listening to a podcast and you hear. Okay, we'll just. You try have it. to trust we'll me see. because it is noise the whole time. All right. Yeah. The good kind of noise. This is another movie I really want to rewatch. I'll watch this. We probably could have started it a little later. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. He's walking in the woods. Look, if you haven't seen this movie, you gotta watch this goddamn movie. It is beautiful. But we're watching a man walk through the woods. It's entertaining for us. But if you're listening to the podcast, you're like, what the hell's going on? No, you can hear the music, just not loud enough. I don't know. We can just talk about it. Um, that's unfortunate. Uh oh. What? Internet gone off. All right. You better check your stuff. Yeah, check your stuff. That's good. Yeah, I think it's uh. Be oh fuck! No, my scotch. No blue label. Oh, no, it we off need my to hand. talk about the scene. We didn't get to finish because oh, my blue label spilled all over the gun. Something happened to it. 
200 bottle of scotch. Shut up. You have to understand <clears throat> something, Jesse. Spilt it all over my goddamn hand. The song scene is one of my favorites. Yes. He literally went through this huge battle, like tr trial of, you know, traveling long distance, this long journey, and then he's finally to the end of it, and then he has this song, and as they're going and walking through the wood, and he comes up, and all these soldiers are sitting, and this one guy's just singing. It's almost like a prayer. He's singing at the beginning, like we're out, you know, going out to war kind of thing. And the way that the camera just moves on their backs all the way through this large group of soldiers and then just flips around and moves all the way back to the front straight to his face and he's just laying there and he just looks practically dead himself, like exhausted beat. And the whole time that guy's just singing and it's it's just so beautiful. All one shot. Everything oh, is one. So beautiful. Yeah, and it's uh, after a bunch of shit just happened. Crazy, Crazy chaos. Shit. And then you have this... It's just like serenity. It's just like music too. Like music, when you have a crazy amount of uh, sound going on and this craziness, and then it softens out and it and it smooths out and it's very quiet and subtle. And it begins where it ends. Yeah, that, pretty much. That's as much as you should say about it. But yeah, the movie is a is a circle almost. It's, mm -hmm. And I didn't even notice that until you pointed it out to me, which yeah. I thought was very very. No, it's a beautiful movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I, just, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't ignore how beautiful of a movie it was. I think it's strange that the number one movie for you is a war movie. I 100% agree. It's so crazy. I, co I couldn't pick something else. I mean, and you know, my top four are all pretty much my favorites. And at any point in time in my life, they may rearrange themselves. Yeah. But this That's one right now, like for the past, what, six months, five months, however long it's been since we've watched it. Yeah. It's it's still there. Yeah, I that's a funny thing about making these lists and all that and like reviewing rating movies and stuff. You just realize that your opinion changes a and lot as time goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um I would love to rewatch this movie. And this movie was above the Irishman Irishman for me most of the time. But then when I really thought about it, I was I, I kind of thought of, thought of them as equal, like right there with each other, but then I thought, what do I want to watch right now? And it was Irishman. So mm -hmm. it, it, they go back and forth for me. It was just like right there. I so love what do you do? Movie. You just pop one out and pop the other in or like no, switch I, them places because they're not even close to each other on your list. No, they are. They're uh, three and four. No. Yeah. Irishman number three, uh, 1917 number four. And I'll say um, I think way too much about this. Yeah. Way too much Agreed. about this. But I'm telling you, I spent a lot of time thinking about 1917 and Irishman. And I thought, what is, ah, oh God, what do I love about this? And it's All like, right. yeah. <laughs> Move on, Mr. You're just Passionate. like, yeah, you think too much about it. Um, we know that. Number one, a beautiful day. No. What's my number one, babe? Midsommar. Midsommar. Now, Midsommar, I think, is, um, it's the only movie on my list and the only movie in the last couple of years that I would rate as a masterpiece. I think it's wow. a perfect I w I wouldn't want to say perfect movie, but I love everything about this movie. I think it's a it's it's sad to me that the production design, which is basically everything you see, the the sets, the houses, the things that they live in, every the whole area, it's a shame to me that or it's sad. It's really is sad that 
that's not going down in history and like of like film history as great sets. What do you I, mean? What what are you talking about? What, what part of the set are you thinking? It's weird that I'm bringing this up first, but everything in this movie is so unique and so well done. Like the the way everything. I'm just talking about the the way the production design. Everything that's built, the houses that are built, the pyramid house that's built, the interiors to all the buildings. It's at so the mater- cult. You're talking about the cult. In, at the cult, yes. Everything is okay. so. Interesting. To me, it's like it should be iconic. This should be The Shining. This it, should be the hotel is, in The Shining to me. This yeah, should be. I don't know. This I, should be Jurassic Park, where where you have uh, uh, the the Jurassic Park design. This should be interesting. Um, you know the little uh, God, I can't even think of it now. But in Star Wars, like a lot of the Star Wars iconic. It's too artsy, babe. It's not Disney mm, enough. Yeah, I love. And and that's just not that's not even the biggest thing I love about this. I the the thing that made me really fall in love with this movie is that at its core, I mean it's about it's about a, a group of friends that go to Sweden and they they uh, they go into this like cult uh, commune area and then a bunch of crazy shit happens. But the subtext to this movie is a love story and it's a breakup of two of a codependent woman that is in love with a man that doesn't really love her. And it's a breakup story, and it's so heartfelt and so painful, and 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 so you pile that on top of it, which I'm a sucker for that. I'm a sucker for uh, several things, but one of them is a deep love story that's very connected. It's not connect. a love story. I feel like it's a love story. It's a breakup story. Yes, there's but no it's, love. But there's love. Yeah, there, where's a break, the love? No, a breakup story has to have that. No, Jesse. That feeling of loss. It's like losing a job you hate. It's a feeling of rejection. No, this but, movie is about rejection, not about love. Well, it's about love in the sense that everything that Danny, which is played by Florence Pugh, everything that she feels... Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Everything that she feels is so... Um, it's like a tragedy. It's yeah, like she can't get out of her own rejection way. Yes. And loss. And, she and, is suffering. She's, yes. She's dealing with constant suffering. But... That suffering, at least in terms of her relationship, I don't think was formed out of love. It was formed out of, like you said, codependency. All right, well. Um, I don't think that she really loved him either. Yeah. As he, he didn't love her. She was a codependent. Yeah. She was clinging to him. He was available or he was like there. Yeah. And so she wanted and craved him. But they were, it sounded like their relationship, even from the beginning of the movie, yeah. was not really a serious hardly connected relationship yeah it was you're loose. right you're right about that it's so not there like, wasn't love there yeah i don't, don't want to say that i don't I, feel like this was a love story in any way shape or form not a love story but there was a lot of love that she had for him no. and and even him for her but you're right it's all it's all wrapped up in codependency it's I, wrapped up i in, don't feel like there was love there eh. from either side she being codependent you're you're clinging to the available. If mm. another person that that's why she was so easy to let go of yeah. one and go to the other thing that she went to. That was because not easy though. It was easy. No. It was easy. Because had- as soon as she lost one, she needed the replacement. She was a constant person she was a person of a constant like something to fulfill that void. One loss led to another thing. And the loss of that led to 
easily just moving to another thing. Like there are people who, when they lose things, they have to depend on something else, whether it's alcohol or relationships or whatever. She's an example of that kind of a person. I have lost, so I need to cling and I need to find something to feel that. And she was just like this deadened, broken person. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, All that's true. I, I I didn't see any love though. You're getting hung up on the love. I mean, yeah, love. Stop using the love word. Is love a, is a good thing. What is love though? Love, love is not love can not be brought at all out. portrayed in this movie. Yes, there that was zero is a type love in this of lo- that is a type of love. Zero love can stem from. We can talk about this movie in a lot of different things, okay. but you cannot talk about it in the form no love, of love. stems from a that. lot of different things, and for her, um. It was amplified by the fact, and this is this is not giving anything tr- big away, but at the very beginning of the movie, the main character, Danny, loses somebody very close to her, and that pushes her deeper into needing Christian, who's her boyfriend, and she like needs him even more so than she did before, because before it was just a boyfriend-girlfriend thing. She was in love with him. He maybe was getting out of that. I don't think she was in love. Okay, like, you're you getting hung up on this. the love She thing. was codependent on him. She was she wanted interested him. in him. She wanted you're being to, jaded about She this, wanted so. to be in a relationship with him, yes. and he didn't want to be in a relationship with and her. She, and he was trying to get was... out of it, and he wasn't necessarily a bad guy or anything. He no. was just like I need to get out of this I don't know how she has something very tragic happen to her which by the way I think Ari Aster who's a director of this movie does does tragedy and does these type of things better than anybody and if you remember if you listened to the last episode Hereditary was my number one from 2018 he's a director of Midsummer he's or Midsummer I should say it that way there he's a director of the and I think he does that tragedy that loss better than anybody i've any movie i've seen like i just think it's so well done and it happens right at the beginning of this movie and it drives danny further into needing christian and and then they go to this pagan cult thing and there's all this other stuff going on around it but at its core it's this tragedy that's felt very much by danny and then what also makes this great is the perfect person was cast to play this because she is an great actress like i don't know how many uh, actresses could do what she's doing she example or she just personifies all this tragedy and all this pain that she feels and she just if she wasn't acting like this and if it wasn't this actress i don't know if this movie would work as well as it does yeah but she just pulls it off and she and i didn't know anything she's, about her before yeah. this movie but she is like my new favorite actress i love uh, her acting she's really good at being like a desperate girl yeah, but I'd imagine mm-hmm. she could do anything. Like she's so good. Um, I think people get casted for things that they can really like that they kind of naturally have a tendency to. Yeah, because Little Women, she's kind of like that she's as well. She's the same person. She's well, pretty much a desperate girl who's obsessed with somebody that that didn't want her. Yeah, kind of. But she's silly in that other movie. Where this movie, she's morose and she's like yeah, but it's still the same. She's person, dark and tragic. Yeah, and Little Women, she's like this goofy girl. She was girl a zombie and, in this. She was like a... Dep- uh, she, so here's what I will say. She was a perfect example of what happens when you do have that kind of a loss. Like the fog you're in. Yes. And the the way that you feel when you have a major loss like that, she did very well at portraying that. Yeah. For and sure. Not, so this is another thing. It's subtle, but... I don't know how many people can pull this off. I know a lot of people can. There's great actors out there. But when they were doing the mushroom trip, when they got to Sweden and she's like freaking out, she's walking away from people and she's like, 
interacting with people and she's like oh no that's okay okay and she just walks off and she's like half talking to them as she's walking off to me is like so authentic when you're like in that daze and that haze she's like almost trying to be polite but she's also in a state of complete panic and she doesn't know what to do but she's trying to be polite and then she's walking away and she's out of it and then there were a lot of subtle things in this movie that really made me love it where small little things illustrate that she is being abandoned or, or that Christian's not really in love with her. Like where, she's kind of constantly looking at him or yes. reaching out for him or trying to bring him into her world. And he's constantly trying to build that wall and yeah. he's doing it. For, I mean, the thing is, I don't feel the same way you do about that. I feel like he's doing it appropriately because he's trying to be there for her during her loss. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. But, he doesn't want to encourage the relationship because he doesn't want to be in this relationship. No, I agree with that. I don't view him as a villain per se. At all. Um, but, uh, well, I mean, people could be more honest, but he, I don't view yeah, him as a... Str- but I also but view him as terrible. a... Th- I view him as a sympathetic character. But what I'm saying is the way Ari Aster um, illustrates that in this movie is beautiful. Like It's just I all should, raw. So, it's all raw and realistic, so at there's least a, his interpretation of human character. Yeah, and there's a the scene stories where... stories are outlandish, though. Yeah, they are. Well, there's a scene where something tragic happens and Danny reaches out to grab Christian's hand and, like, for comfort. Like, oh, my God, something crazy just happens. But she grabs his forearm and he doesn't move. He doesn't reach for her. He's looking. He's doing his thing. She grabs his forearm for comfort and he doesn't move at all. And... There's an, and that just illustrates like he's not thinking about her and she is completely dependent on him for her emotional well-being and, and she needs him for strength, but he's not there for her. And she's like grabbing at him. And then there's another scene where they meet another couple in this like commune and the couple is standing close together and they're holding each other kind of and they're really mm-hmm. close. And they're like, oh, we met like seven months ago and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, when did you guys meet? And they show Danny and Christian and they're like standing six feet apart. And they're like, oh, we've been together for, you know, a couple of years or whatever. But they're standing far apart. They're not I don't even... know that it was a couple of years. What was the timeline? I don't... They've been together for a lot longer than the other couple. I don't longer. remember exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. But they were longer. And they were s- separated far apart. And where it looked weird. Like, the contrast was very subtle, mm-hmm. but very good. And there were just a lot of subtle things in this movie. Um, and also, like, the the pagan or not the pagan stuff but the cult stuff i thought was really cool and like i said i think it should be like iconic in movie history but the sad thing is is nobody's really going to know that much about this unless it becomes like this huge cult classic or whatever but yeah i really love this movie um i blabbed on to it about too much i think but all right that's my number one well you have to blab about it if you love it yes very passionate about the movie now that's love that's the only love that you get to talk about in terms of this movie (laughs) no it's just codependent because i need movies and no no (laughs) she no 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 no. there was no love portrayed in this movie Mm. this movie was vile everything was negative i'll give you that It's it's a shattering of a love so you might be right there maybe was no love there in the first place but i bought into the fact that there was something there and now it's not there anymore and danny doesn't know that yet or if she does know that she's trying she's to not accepting like it, of it yeah she's in and denial and it's sad and it's tragic and then when you pile all these things on top of her maybe i'm a sucker for that when you have a um a lead that is just bombarded by tragedy i don't know because I feel like there's a lot of movies where that happens and you don't like them. So I don't feel like you're a sucker for that. For tragedy? 
Maybe you're only a sucker for women suffering tragedies. I don't see you. I don't you... know, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to think of my other, like... No, I, I mean, like, Fight Club. One of my all-time favorites. Mm. You have a character... That's not like really character a tragedy, on, on, though. Um, That's more like Joker. That's, like, mentally yeah. disturbed. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. You might be right. Instability. I think I have a, I'm, I'm a sucker for tragedy, though. Um, but I, you're right. Maybe it's female related. I don't know. But I'd have to like look at it and think about it. But um, white chick tragedy has to be a white chick tragedy. Can't be like white chick tragedy. It can't be any other color chick tragedy. Mm, maybe a Hispanic chick if she looks mostly white. I'm gonna white. look at my goddamn list. Yeah. Uh, white. White, white chick tragedy. White. Asian. Mm-mm. White. 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 You just did Jewish. The- you should be Asian because um because everybody else is. What? Yeah, it's a bandwagon thing. No, Parasite is a beautiful movie, babe. <sighs> I re- so I wrestled with Parasite a little bit too because I thought I don't want to be bullied into putting this on my goddamn list. But then I'd watch things from it and I'd I'd try to remember things and I'd look at scenes and I was like, No, I'm just thinking too much about it. This is a great goddamn movie. I felt like I was being bullied to not or to love that movie a little bit and bullied to not like Joker very much. But fuck that. I just like what I like. You like what you like, like Endgame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fuck that. I don't care. Endgame's on my goddamn list. Yeah, I know. I and it's above it. Once Upon a Time it. in Hollywood. Yeah, I know. Isn't but we got to rewatch that one. That's one we... Okay, so let's in do... In 1917. Yes. All um, right, let's... Let's do Also Rans really quick. Just tell you... the uh, movies. What are I... you calling it again? Also Rans. I Say can it. never... Also. No, I can never remember that. Also. There's no such thing. Also. I don't know why this phrase Rans. is coming up. Also, Rans? What does that mean? Like in a race, like uh, if a horses are racing and the winner, you have the winner. Horse races? Also ran. They you also ran. You never watch horse races. You're right, but I know Where are you getting this or, uh, what is it called? I know You can't things. just come up with random things. All right. Uh, you tell me movies that you also considered. Do you know any of the movies you all considered? Yeah, Dolomite. Yeah. Ready or not? Yeah. Book smart. Yeah. Knives out. Yeah. Good boys. Yeah. Oh wait, what? Mm-hmm. Good boys. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not gonna allow that one, but um, right. there's one that I'm missing, and I can't remember what it was now, but I remember looking at my list, going, "Oh, I'm missing that." All right. Judy oh. and Bombshell. Oh, Judy. Okay, hold on. Those Do are that just again. Ones that I like. Do that again, Judy. Mm-hmm. Say it. Judy. Yeah. Bombshell. I'm not gonna let you have that one either. What do you mean? Bombshell was good. But you don't like Good Boys or Bombshell? No, they wouldn't be in there with me. But I know they wouldn't bombshell be in there. Bombshell was Bombshell that had had its moments. I just um <clears throat> I just appreciate it and I enjoyed watching it. Um and I'm glad that it was made. Yeah. So it gets to be on here. I'm with you on that. Uh Good Boys I thought was extremely entertaining. It was very funny. Funny, yeah. Very funny. Is that it for you? Judy. Judy, great movie. Really like Judy. I thought that was good. What was the other one? Oh, that's it. Okay. There's one more, though, that I All right, I'll read mine and see if you, it's on, was one of those. I Am Mother. Love that movie. The Nightingale. I really want you to watch that movie, although I know you'll be You don't scarred. need to give me a comment on every movie. Rocket list, Man. List them. Rocket Man. I heard it. If I could sing, I'd sing Elton John no, right now. No, you have to list Honey them. Boy. Yeah. I already have Honey Boy. Yes, Honey Boy, great movie. Farewell. Keep going. Oh, yeah, that's a great movie. It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Jesse, can you make Beautiful. a list like a human being? Little women. How did you not mention little goddamn women? Jesse, can you make a list little like women? a human being? Ford versus Ferrari. Great mm-hmm. goddamn fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Dolomite is my name. Mm-hmm. Oh, my! it's not on my list because... Wait, hold on. 
There. Wait, what? Dolomite is my name. Brightburn. I never watched that. Brightburn you did not watch, but you know what? I'm missing some goddamn things on my list too. There we go. Brightburn is a movie about a No, I don't care. Just keep your list going. <laughs> it's about evil Superman. Fucking great movie. I Just think it's very shut underrated. Up and go. Knives Out. Is hey. that it? No, I have it on here. Oh. The Lighthouse? No. Which by the way, we have to do something before we leave. Shut the up. Lighthouse. Go. Jojo Rabbit. Go, Jesse. Make it. Ready your list. or not? Keep going. Ready or not? I already have it on my list. I already read it. You weren't obviously. Was it on your top ten, Jesse? You, no, no, no. Ready you not, obviously yeah. weren't paying attention to me. Portrait reading. of a Lady on Fire. Oh my God, you're pissing Judy. Me Keep reading your the list. The Highwaymen, which you did not watch. Very Keep good reading movie. the list. And a peanut butter. Wait, I'm going to do the Adam Kempinar. And peanut butter. Falcon. No, that was excessive. Is what that your hell? last what? one? Yeah. What you, there's another movie God that you it. did not there's list. There's another movie. I couldn't think of it. And then, and then um, I lost it. The Lighthouse, I feel like I may be drastically underrating. Um, I need to rewatch that one. I watched it with Tisha and she did not like it. So nope. maybe that rubbed off on me. Makes sense. Um, I got to play something from, well, not from, but before we leave, a scene of the year. I think one of the best scenes of the year that was not mentioned on my l- top 10, but I think it's deserving of being on this fucking podcast from the top 10. This is from The Lighthouse, William Defoe. He is very angry that uh, Robert Patterson's character, who both of these guys were goddamn fantastic, he's very angry that Rob- Robert Patterson doesn't like his cooking. And he gives this goddamn speech which I think is one of the best things I've seen in movies in a long goddamn time. So if you haven't seen The Lighthouse, please. Oh, wait. Oh, no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. I didn't play my goddamn scene from Midsommar. It's okay. You don't have to. Oh, it's my number one movie, though. We'll forgive you. You were going to play uh, The Lighthouse. You can't come just on. go back and forth. All um, right. Oh, okay, fine. I'll play the goddamn William Defoe. No, I should play the Midsummer one. Fuck it. Okay, Midsummer. Never mind. I won't play the Midsummer scene, but watch Midsummer. Play what you want. Yeah, who cares, right? Who gives a fuck? All right, here's... I set it up, though. All right, Midsummer, real quick. Let me play the scene from Midsummer that illustrates how goddamn good uh, Florence Pugh is in this movie. This is not um, necessarily a consequential scene Jesse, you don't have to talk about it so much. Just play it. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know. And I can't... Come on. Come on, sit down, Danny. please. Please sit down. Danny, I invited my friends because this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing and I wanted to share it, especially with my friends who I knew would appreciate it, because I I am proud of okay, this place. Okay, okay, but I'm not an anthropologist and I don't understand any of this. Yes, yes, I don't yes, get... I know, I know, and, and yet I was the most excited for you to come. Why? Here, yes. here, smell this. What is it? calls you down. No, I'm fine. I don't want it. Are you sure? No, I'm, I really want to go. I don't, I don't want it. Okay. I know what you're going through, Danny. What am I going through? Because I lost my parents too. What? No, no, Pele, yes, yes, that yes. is not what I'm talking about. No, I'm not, not talking, talking about, about my about family. I'm I not lost talking my about parents my family. when I was I'm a little boy. About... They burned up no, in a I fire. No, I'm talking about that. My parents, they no. turned up in a fire and I became technically an orphan. 
So believe me when I tell you that I know what it's like because I do, I really, really do. Yet my difference is I never got the chance to feel lost because I had a family here where everyone embraced me, swept me up. And I was raised by a community that doesn't bicker over what's theirs and what's not theirs. That's what you were given. But I have always felt held. Felt held. That's a good, you're not even watching it. God damn it. That is, uh, that scene is very, very emblematic of what she's that going through. Love it. All just, right. um, proves my theory on the movie, which <sighs> is that they intentionally murdered her family. So Tisha believes so that the that commune. she would become a part of this commune. He targeted her and wanted her from the beginning. All right. I'll say that if that is the case, I will dislike Miss Summer a little bit more. I probably would still love it, but I, I would know. not You're like that. You're trying to front. But all right, really quick before we get out of here, uh, scene of the year here with William Defoe and Robert Patterson. Why do you in get the a scene of the year and I don't get a scene? What's of the your year? scene of the year? I don't know because you didn't tell me that we were going to do scene of the years, so I didn't have any time to think about a scene of the year. While Jesse was over there monologuing and picking his scenes of the year, Tisha just got to be the side note. Okay, you pick your scene of the year while we're watching. This I don't want to pick be- my scene of the year. That's why I didn't ask you to pick a scene of the year. <laughs> God damn women, I swear to Christ. Hey, where Don't do you want to go? Talk eat about me like that. Oh, okay. Scene of the goddamn. I'm gonna year. eat in quarantine. You don't like me cooking? Oh, don't be such an old bitch! <laughs> you're drunk! You don't know what you're talking. How can I possibly like the horse shit you fix us for supper? You're drunk! I, you won't be saying that. In the kitchen shanty cooks. Hey, it was fried donuts three you're times drunk. a day. You're Country drunk. Country hand bigger you're than your drunk. Food. I'm drunk. I'm you heard me. You'd be drunk. Damn ye. Drunk since I first laid eyes on you. You're fond of me lobster, ain't you? Drunken in a Virginia fence. I see, mate. You're fond of me lobster. Say it. Say it. Say it! I don't have to say nothing. Danny! Let Neptune strike ye dead, Winslow! Hark! Hark! Triton! Hark! Bellow! Bid our father, the Sea King, rise from the depths full, foul in his fury! Black waves teeming with salt foam to smother this young mouth with punch and slime. To choke ye, engorging your organs till ye turn blue and bloated with bilge and brine and can scream no more. Only when he, crowned in cockle shells with slithering tentacle tail, and steaming beard take up his fell befinned arm. His coral tine trident screeches banshee-like in the tempest and plunges right through your gullet, bursting ye, a bulging bladder no more. 
But a blasted bloody film now a nothing for the RPs and the souls of dead sailors to pick and claw and feed upon only to be lapped up and swallowed by the infinite waters of the dread emperor himself. Forgotten to any man, to any time, forgotten to any god or devil, forgotten even to the sea, for any stuff or part of Winslow, even any scantling of your soul is Winslow no more, but is now itself the sea. That's what Tisha tells me anytime I don't like her food. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I would react words. the same way. <laughs> it's if so someone good. said they didn't like my cooking. Please look up this scene. William Defoe's face. Is it, he Green Goblin? Oh, yes, in the old Spider-Man. He, he is so like good. He looks like Green Goblin. He is. Yeah, he looks like him. It's so good. It makes me feel sad. Like you feel sad it's for this so guy. Creepy. And then at the same time, it's funny. And it's, it's so oh, creepy. Oh, God. All and I the, can think about is what's going on. And the words. In the what kind of goddamn dialogue is that? It's hilarious. It's very dramatic. Oh, it reminds me of my ancestors that died on the on the logging accident. Yeah. Like that's the era. It makes me feel like just decrepit, miserable, poor people who are just trying to survive and they're yeah. drunk it's like uh those poor irishmen was your ancestor irish oh. mm. all right well on that note what's your scene of the year and then we'll go jesse i already told you i have not prepared a scene of the year you know what your scene of the year is i know what your scene of the year is. <laughs> what is it it's when uh scarlett johansson and jojo rabbit puts the fake beard on her face no i didn't love that scene what? no all right, i it's like when, the uh, dancing it's when uh, Mr. Rogers put the the glove on and then he snapped his fingers and then half of the world disappeared. No. Are you sure that movie's even from 2019? What? Thanos. Endgame? Get the fuck out of here. All right. I think you're just making things up. All right. That is our episode. Until next time, stop talking during movies. what you don't know how to limit yourself you just talk and talk and talk <laughs> it's like i don't talk during movies but i talk and i talk a movie worth afterwards <laughs> drink your goddamn wine i my wine is done hold on we got a toast what'd you say <laughs> what did you say what did you just say? I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with talking during movies. No. It makes it a social event. It no. makes it interactive. And it makes it a little more enjoyable. And then if it gets really boring, like Irishman, you can just look at your phone. And then yell out in the middle of it. Oh, my God. No, no, no. no. I did not left. yell out in the middle of that movie. You paused it. Don't pour so much, oh. Jesse. Who drinks that much? You lush? Sorry. Oh my god, that's so much wine. Toast. To red wine and red wine because you finished your scotch like a glue. I'm not going to drink any more blue label. That's too goddamn expensive to just guzzle on. That's stupid. What are you doing? I'm recording you talking shit.
<laughs> Why? You talk too much and you blab. I do not sound like a grandma. You talk too much. My voice is way better than that. I've I've listened to it and I see that Orale, your you talk mockery too much, fool. is bullshit. 